Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel 99 Tuesday. Uh, Thursday is going to be the big unmask with ONA. That has the city a buzz. People are asking me. People are trying to get tickets. People in the hall are bringing it up to me. Out of the woodwork. People are yeah. buying tickets to this thing. And then today, and we'll be playing this on Friday, we did the unmask with Trace uh, Tracy Morgan. And afterwards, I've never had this experience that the audience was talking to me and their voices were cracking and some people were sobbing. And I don't just mean women. Some men were sobbing. It was one of the most, un- no shit, emotional unmasks ever. I, that's no bullshit. <laughs> For everyone involved. I don't think when I do O&A... <laughs> That either Opie or Anthony will start crying. I mean, uh, <laughs> wasn't that the old Barbara Walters interviews where somebody would cry? Yeah, that's, that's that was the whole point of her shit was just to get someone to break. Uh, Tracy was great. He came in crying, left crying, and in between, a lot of I would say madness. Some people would say spirituality. The spiritual people were really driven by that point. A couple people talked to me over. Um, a young gun spiritual world does come up doing this, <laughs> but it was a lovely day because we've had interns past and future here. Our Dana, our intern, is was in today, and yes. you tell me you're graduating soon. Yes, in one month. But one thing I want to go back to Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Thing you didn't mention there was a standing ovation. That doesn't really happen, like where they stand up and applaud. Do they really? I mean. Sometimes it they does. all got up and just were like, like they I was... all wanted to help him. They <laughs> all wanted to say, Tracy, we love you. I wanted to hug him. I just wanted to run up and hug him. He literally gave me the inspiration, motivation that I've been needing and the laughter. I am glad that you didn't hug him because he might have got you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I know it made me really feel uncomfortable when he talked about like titties and. Like I love women that. farting, and it's just yeah. I'm sure you know, you do. Know. <laughs> well, he's making a lot of good points. I don't use no condom. <laughs> no, he's got to give it to him. It but was. Crazy. Um, where would you have ranked it, Vito? That was my favorite. Your favorite. That, I've been favorite. At. that was my favorite. I've been at like I. You've been to quite a few now. Yeah, like I'd say before this, my favorite was probably um, 
like Artie Lane because it got so like personal. And yeah. then this one was just like, I walked in and I was like, oh, it's gonna be like fun, Tracy Morgan. Like when right. he, like there's like the stuff on Conan and says like Ernest Borgnine's my dad. <laughs> yeah. I grew up on Batman, and then it was like he came in and right away he was. Yeah, ready he to just, wanted he yeah. wanted to do this. He wanted to put it out there. He wanted to get roll. Yeah. All over, everybody. favorite by far. Well, you and you were said, "Why do you felt like you needed that?" Because I've been like depressed because graduation's approaching and I haven't landed a job yet. So I'm like, "Damn, what are you laughing at?" <laughs> he's asshole, gonna feel go, depressed. You're gonna go live in your parents' basement, and we Fuck all know it's gonna happen. Why are <laughs> Listen, I'm at a high right now. I just got out of a room with Tracy Morgan where I just cried with him. You might be like what Tracy said. He burned all the bridges behind him. He went for it. And you also said you just need, sometimes you just need one person to believe in you. And I wrote that on Facebook. That was just the one quote I remember. Just one person believe in you. Can so I fuck tell you, you who probably help you? <laughs> yeah. Martin. I you guys ever remember when he was on Martin and he played Hustle Man? Yeah. I, he was I, fucking hysterical. I, I, my house was a Martin household. <laughs> was the only white people watching it. I always remember it. one while Hustle Man was selling a pizza. <laughs> For fifteen dollars, he's got this big, you know how it comes in those big pocket things. Yeah, and he gets the fifteen dollars, and he opens up this big thing and hands him a personal pad and takes off. Hustle and Man. I don't know, I thought it was the funniest shit ever. It was a great show, and Hustle Man's the shit. Martin Lawrence was gigantic. I forgot. Yeah, he was he was huge. My dad got me Black Knight on VHS once. It was a bootleg. Oh, Black Knight. See, in Black Knight, he was like a car dealership dude who got sent back into medieval times. He was a Black Knight. What was the other series he the sequel he did with uh was it Will Smith or the other Bad guy? Boys. Bad Boys, They're yeah. Oh, the Bad one, Boys. Apparently. Are they really? Bad boys, I love Bad Boys. I'm so excited. That, that well, we gotta movies. get Martin Lawrence now. now you, 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 you have to book him. You got yeah. the Tracy Morgan stuff. But do you think I'm gonna get O and A crying on <laughs> Thursday? I think you could do it. I think I believe in you. I think you could absolutely talk about Martin. <laughs> I don't know Richard if they Pryor. care that much about Martin. It's all Richard Pryor. I, fan, I didn't think Tracy Morgan cared that much about Martin until I saw that. But what if you like you see Anthony's going like this? First time I saw Opie, <laughs> I just had this feeling <laughs> something good could possibly you can see come it out now. Of this. You can see it now. And Martin will come in. Hey, oh, shit don't you start, start talking. <laughs> All the interns well, laughed at you, Shelby. Because you have fucking stage fright in there. I'm embarrassed of you. It was so funny I felt to awkward. see Shelby. Oh, my gosh. I felt awkward. I was like, I feel so... I want to get up there and help this kid. I mean, he's dying. I don't know why I didn't have you with the microphone. That would have been great. Or video. Yeah, I would have came in like fucking Hulk Hogan going like... <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, let's go, everybody. Normally, <laughs> Fez does the warm-up, and Fez does the... Uh, what's his other job? Audience questions. Oh, yeah, audience Q&A. questions. And to, you know, sometimes give me time checks. I looked over at one time, and f- this fucking kid, Shelby, is flashing me gang signs. <laughs> and I'm like, Where, what is he, West Side? <laughs> Is he really into the West Side? We're West Coast into this interview? <laughs> oh, my God. make any sense. This is great. And then you panicked and stood there in front of the guest with and you'll hear when you hear this where I have to go, Shelby get the fucking mic. Oh my god, death stares everyone was giving. I was scared. I don't know if you want me to back up, you know, sit down. Dude, what I want you to do is fucking reevaluate what you want to do is we reboot this show. 
I, I think the biggest fucking mistake we've ever done is going to bat for you. What it seems like. Yes. No, I'm fucking being totally serious right now. I can't take a guy who panics. I can put up with any kind of physical mistake, just like baseball. A ball gets fucking hit to a third baseman. He goes down. Sometimes he fucking kicks the ball. It happens on the highest level. But it doesn't get fucking hit to third base, and the third baseman is over smoking a cigarette with his shortstop. (laughs) That's the fucking kind of errors you can't put up with. Or a guy who doesn't know where his fucking bat is. He doesn't know, oh shit, am I up? That's you right now. Been fifth all season. That's funny. Um, we got to do something about the Fez situation. It, has to come to a, it was going to come to a head yesterday. Uh, and then Fez was... And I know a lot of people think I'm carny. And they don't believe the things that I say. And I can understand that. I've lied a lot. Yeah, I don't trust you at all. <laughs> I've lied to the audience. I lie to the bosses. I, I lie to women. <laughs> so there's no reason to believe me, but I will tell you, Fez is back in the hospital. Oh, God. Shit. On a kind of a double thing. Blood sugar, stomach into hard stuff. So I just found out they're at least going to keep them for another day. I didn't think you'd go to the hospital for blood sugar. I just thought you ate and your blood sugar fixed. <laughs> no, Why not is it me. so stupid? <laughs> you ate a candy bar? It came from you. People die from it. They go into comas. Yeah. What? Yes. Shit. All right. Diabetes is blood sugar. Okay. I forgot he had diabetes. Yeah, tell him, Bruce. Well, then he also... and he, You guys... Well, I, if I told you this stuff that Fez doesn't know the answer to, knowing how long that he's had these kind of health problems, and then the doctor saying, why would you do that? Because he's got blood sugar stuff, he's got ulcers, and then the fucking doctor says to me, he goes, if a guy loses 30 pounds and he's not trying to lose weight, don't you find that alarming? How many times do we bring up to him, why are you losing this weight? It happens every couple of weeks probably because he just keeps getting thinner. And, he, his, and he does, he's not getting new clothes, so he's still wearing clothes and all of his clothing is very baggy on him. Right. But also, he's not changing his diet to do that. It's just something's kicking out. Like he's just, you know, the, the blood sugar thing means that you're supposed to eat those small meals at certain times. He thinks, oh, I'm doing good. I'm not going to eat anything till dinner. Oh, That's how I live my life. <laughs> exactly. So A fucking wreck. <laughs> you're a mess. There's you're like a mess. one train track. <laughs> I have a job. And then two trains. <laughs> Fuck you. But you know what? He has one today. Well, part of your job is training Shelby. And yeah. you you sent him out there like a fucking... He, serious, like an imbecile retard. He wanted it. <laughs> I came in, I fucking saved him at the end. But not it, the actual end. Yes, thank you for saying that. But if a special needs kid says to you, I want to fly the helicopter. In his heart, he probably thinks he can. But somebody's got to stay up, stand up and say, no, you can't fly that. It's my fault for thinking he wasn't special needs. Hey, you're not learning from it. I you know, I thought it was maybe borderline, but he's on the wrong side of the border. No, he's... The only borderline for you is that Madonna song. It's a great song. <laughs> is it? It was my favorite Madonna era. 
It just felt uncomfortable, and the crowd was kind of laughing. This guy next to me turns. He's like, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, this is really uncomfortable. All right, Liz says fire just wrote, you know, I'm still not over the auto thing. And you throw Dana on the air? Oh, fuck God. this. Get the fuck over it. Come on. What's going on between you two? I don't know. She's, I No problems with her. Sounds like you do. I don't. She's a problem with me, so. I know one thing, and this is true, Dana. I would have thought that you would have hit it off with my new intern. And she, look at her. She's actually oh, leaning yeah. away. Yeah. You're leaning away. <laughs> no, wow. What are you talking about? We had a great chat. What are you guys chatting about, boys? I was, yes. She's yes, not ready. Men. She's not she's ready. Not ready. Like she's not ready. She told me to go out with her, you know. Yeah, she has out. We're take her out. Jesus Christ. She's like, you we need Jesus excited. Christ. I'm a great time. You go out. <laughs> Get drunk. That's what yes, that's that's exactly what not working. Okay? <laughs> you got a problem. Listen, I'm living it up. It's my senior year, but I sit home and I apply to jobs every day. Every day I wake up in the morning and apply for a job. Job what, application what, day like Waffle keeps House on or away. What? Jenny's? Fuck you. What's wrong with that? Listen. What kind of jobs you apply for? Like assistant producers, um, maybe in talent. Um, I have a big meeting tomorrow with the director of A&R of a record label. Record label? Um, Do they still make records? Well, the download company, MP3, MP3 <laughs> label. They, they just, it's a server. Oh yeah, I thought you were going to produce records. I thought that was your. I thing. want to I produce, but I have time with school. So when I graduate, I want to buy some production software and get at it. Since I'll be unemployed. <laughs> That's good. So how much money you going to piss away while you have no money but not working? I will get a part-time job for now, but I just I haven't heard back from anything. I Jesus, you interviewed at my job, and I trained you twice. Uh, to be a bartender. I trained <laughs> you her twice. And she said, can't do it. I don't want to bartend. Why not? I want a real job. I want to get my career well, ready. You're wanna... making Vito feel bad about himself. He's yeah, a bartender. A you make some nice money over yeah, there, right? Some bank. No. It's, I, wanna... I thought that you had to be big to bartend at your place because you're always throwing people out. Because they use you. I hope you know they ought to be throwing you some extra bouncer money. I don't I don't get in. I uh, yeah, dance in the bar. Fucking yeah. have a party. doesn't have tits either. So. Yeah, I do. That's <laughs> 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 I did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Norris, do you see what she's going through right now, right? It's yeah. scary. And You'll you cry every night. You know why? Why? Because the time she should have been preparing, she's chasing black guys around trying to have fun. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm telling it. you. You you heard the way that he was talking to Tracy. Yeah. He just wanted to get girls pregnant. <laughs> Don't use no condom. <laughs> just go right at it. Oh I like God. the black men. You're crazy. <laughs> No. Wait, do you, what, you like She's, them or you don't? She I does. Do. Oh, you do? Yeah? Do. You never, do you ever date a black guy? I want to. I want to, too. <laughs> what the Me, fuck? too. I want you to mix race babies. No, you know this. I see you're talking to who, kid? Interracial babies no, are the cutest. No, 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 no. I, no. Break it, I broke it up the last <laughs> no. time. I broke it up last time. I was like, like, no, hey, who, kid? Who, kid? Yeah. This isn't for you. Oh, no, who, kid? I was kid? like, hey. Oh, who, kid, really? I was like, he's 40. Just being nice. He's just being nice. He's no, he's not. Nice. <laughs> no, who kid is nice? How about um Johnny Two Steaks, whatever? Yeah, he Johnny Two Steaks. Handsome Johnny Two Steaks. Right <gasps> Why? What are you saying Sorry. about him, Danny? God, no, I like him. He's cool. I just I can't picture it with Johnny Two Steaks. So. Oh, no, I don't like him. Okay. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I thought I thought you said his name it's as just, if you liked him. And you're no. into it because I would have hooked you up. Oh, for real? Yeah. Time to meet you, buddy. <laughs> oh, hey, Ronnie. Hey, Spy Report. Spy Report. Yes. Spy Report. Spy Report. Spy Report. Spy Report. Spy Report. International Spy Report. Superstar Heavy Metal Spy Band. Report. Spy Report. Spy Report. Superstar. Spy Report. 
ACDC have announced their retirement because Malcolm is super sick. He has moved his family back to Australia, and they are hanging up the guitars. Rest in peace, ACDC. Are they going to do one more tour? Nope, not going to do it. They said they're going to move back. They were supposed to do it this year on their 40th anniversary, uh, and they aren't going to do anything. I think the official announcement is supposed to come out later this week, but their management is saying they are donezo. 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 Whack bag out, son. Said the music is dead. <laughs> That's more you said in your fucking warm up today. <laughs> really one of the great bar bands of all time. And survived the front man going. I mean, that doesn't, that never happens. Rare. It's rare. Let me just ask you this, Chris, because we look like we're going through a change-up now and a turnaround. Would you bring Dana back full-time? Yes. Because this always comes down to Chris. Come on, Chris. You know, I was the hardest work, one of the hardest workers. She is. A, I will say she's a very hard worker. A. B. She's the most annoying person I've ever fucking had to deal uh-huh. with. I've never had so All many right. blow-ups Don't against an intern. What would you guys fight about? Uh, everything God. about how stupid she is. I'm just, I'll just be blunt. <laughs> I'll just be very blunt. Thank you. If I could be blunt for a second, you seem to run a pretty loose ship. Yeah. So I don't know what you're blaming me for. Okay, Blame thanks. Myself, one and only. I can't fucking affect your intelligence. Do you honestly think that she's stupid? She says a lot of stupid things. But she is a hard worker. You hired me. Oh, All right, shit. so like if we were digging a pool, you would want her. <laughs> like, yeah, get her in here. a radio show you worry about. <laughs> Come on, yeah. I could warm up a crowd. Because we got to, yeah, I know. But Any, she is very bold, and that's that, that gets points. As far as I'm concerned, Shelby's done a couple things that are fireable. Just absolutely fireable. And I got to stop being like, oh, I like people, so they should stay. You know what I mean? That thing today... If we were in the Marines, we would have to frag him. We would have just walked up and yeah. shot him. Yeah, because Charlie got into the fucking base. Yes. <laughs> he fucking fell asleep, and he let Charlie go over the fucking wire. And they got fucking just grenades strapped to their chest, because they don't care about human life. Did you feel bad when Tracy said where his name came from? Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. Jesus. That was a great fucking story. That. I cried. I'm telling you, I had shed a tear, too. It was sad. Is that what you were doing? You were crying about that? Yeah, I was crying. I, was you were th- I, I thought you were thinking about your future. That is true. <laughs> we had Pretty Girl front row for him, which was very distracting. He didn't, I, well, I thought he liked it too much. <laughs> he should you know wait. what I mean. He fully checked out. Did you catch that eye? He fully looked her up from head to toe. That's I was like, oh, news. my yeah. God. Yeah. Can I tell you Just something? <laughs> Danny, you never have to go through this, and you're lucky. <laughs> But Norris has to go through it constantly <laughs> that every guest I'm who sure. comes in here, particularly the basketball players. You just keep her on the couch when they come in? No, just the opposite. No, I throw no, under no, some no, wool blankets. No. I'm responsible for her. I hand her some mace whenever that comes around. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I was given a virgin. Mm-hmm. And I will hand back a virgin. That's what, like that's, a white dove. Yes, that's oh, exactly right. Great you don't analogy. A white a dove flies away. <laughs> God, that, just made, that just made me. Such a mess. 
Now you on the other side, Vito. We don't worry about you. I don't fucking care for myself, but you should have put me in the break up the pretty girl row. Should have been in the front. Are you kidding me? Me and it would have been fist bumping the whole show. I will put you in the Shelby seat. Shelby will never get trusted by me again. There will be no trust. Well, there was a violation today, big time. And you see that even on the air, he doesn't want to defend himself. He does less. Well, there's nothing really to defend there. <laughs> probably just dig a bigger hole. <laughs> That's your fucking solution. Do nothing. Wait till I do the own AMS, and I'll make you come out and say what you said before about them. Uh, <laughs> I go now and see if somebody will say something live. That was the biggest fucking mistake in my career. Well, here's the biggest mistakes in my career. Chris Stanley. Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> Shelby. Yeah. And black, black guys near Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want it to ruin the little dove. I'm trying to keep them away as much as possible. There's just so many. They're, they're all around. And they always say hi to me. I can yes, be anywhere. Honey. Yeah, no hey. shit, Norris. Like, what? Well, I've been pronouncing her name wrong the whole time. Well, it's Grace. Not a surprise. It's Norris. Shut up. What'd you what say? You saying? I said Grace. Didn't I say oh Grace? My God. I said Grace. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what See, Chris was saying before about her being stupid? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Grace. Thank, thank, you. thank you. That's right. <laughs> proved it. Grace! Grace, set those for me, would you please? <laughs> Talking to my assistant right now, Grace. How do you spell it? N U R Y S. That's one way. Grace. I spell it N-Y. <laughs> <laughs> but the fucking... I don't want to give away the whole mess. But when he does the... You can't have funny with that F-U-A. I'm like... Am I the only one who... I've heard that nuts? before. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I thought it was the dumbest thing in my life. <laughs> it's corny. That kind of spoke to me, though. Like, <laughs> thought I like that. Crying? I was like, damn. I think I laughed the hardest during one of the questions. <laughs> you know what I'm uh, my question should have been, why am I asking questions? <laughs> oh and then God. say what he was saying after. Oh, uh, so he's in the booth afterwards, and, and uh, I have him cutting liners, and he's like, damn, he re that's what just happened. I got unmasked. <laughs> that's what happened there. Oh my god. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. He's also the longest coughing person I've ever Oh my god. <coughs> I thought he was going to stop breathing for a second. I'm about to run more water into him. Jesus. What would you do if that happened? You just like went down like during the. I would save a life. <laughs> <laughs> Keep rolling! Like I've done many times with Fez, saved a life. I've brought him. I've, just, I've restarted Fez's heart six times. <laughs> Better than Defibrillate. What's that? What, what is it? <laughs> Grace! <laughs> the, 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 the film! The, 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 I can't say the word. Oh, shit. I should have called myself. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> this girl knows exactly what I'm saying. Damn it. Steve Pittsburgh. Hey, Ron. Uh, hey, Dana. I have a job tip for you. Uh, the second mic might be opening up on the Ron and Fest show. I just want to hear some pro Fest things today. Me too. People are, desk door. People are dicks. People are dicks <laughs> on the radio. People are assholes when we take calls. Yeah, I can start writing parody songs. It's easy. <laughs> Spot on. It's easy. 
Put that thing down. You're That's, on the air. Sorry, my, no, my boss is texting me. What boss? What I'm boss supposed you to got? be on duty, right? I'm still an RA. Well, go ahead. Go go on no, duty, honey. You having fun being back on the mic? Yeah. I want, I'm, I'm telling you I'm going to end up here one day. And I'm going to walk in it and with my badge and everything. I'm telling you. Badge? I'm motivated. I'm going to be at Sirius one day. You're here the best right years now. of my life here. Wow. Wow. Oh. Look. If you had to pick someone now that worked for us, let's say I said, Chris, there's a job opening. Yeah. And it could be either these three or someone who's worked for us in the past. Yeah. Who would you pick? Dana's very strong right now. I Fuck want you. you to just pick someone instead I think of. That is me. You just pick me. You just yeah. pick me. You just see what's in front of me. This is one of your problems. And you guys problems. need a girl. You guys need a girl. Thank it's you. Too many guys. This girl. Hey, man. <laughs> she will organize. Remember all those your nice life. conversations we've had? <laughs> yes. That doesn't make mean you should get fucking hired. It would be, but I'd say right, right at this point, it'd be between Joe and Dana. Aw, Coke. I hit him up the other day. Oh, yeah, you guys almost dated, right? Yeah. He's looking good, too. Well, every time that you wanted to date him, he didn't want to date you. And when he wanted to date you, yeah. you didn't want to date him. You guys were like star-crossed. I just wish they would have fucking done it. I was so pissed by Hey, him. he texted me yesterday. He's like, let's hang out soon. I was like, hey. Yeah. Although, Keep you guys you know, updated. I forgot to tell you this. You know what his friends call him? What? Chihuahua dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never yeah. mind then. So he's got a small penis. <laughs> oh, is that why they say that? <laughs> I thought it was because he shook a lot. Oh. <laughs> it's Mexican. <laughs> you honestly would pick Joe over Vito? <laughs> why do you have against me now? What? What, have I not done enough for you? Joe has never done shit. <laughs> Ever. But Joe is, is better on a board. As of right now. I'll oh, say if we're going point. right now. You didn't train Vito to be on the board. That's also a good and point. Shelby's fucking terrible on the board, and you still refuse to train him. I'm good on the board. I have experience. Technical. I heard it was supposed to be learning some board. Oh. That's true. <laughs> calling him out. Call your mentor out. Do it, girl. Let's uh, do it. That's we'll learn some learn. board today. Go ahead, Norris. Go over there right now. Get on the board. Oh, well, it's there. Yeah. Go do it. Oh, no. There she goes. Norris, 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 Norris. I really had to protect that from Tracy today. I'm sure. He was staring her up and down. I kept made sure, like I made sure she was not in the same room if I was with her as Tracy because <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. Uh, Tom, in New York, you're on the run of first show. Hey guys, listen, Ron. I got to tell you something. I got a little theory here. And I got to preface it by saying I love Shelby, and I think he's the really best thing to happen to this show in years. He's smart, he's fast, he's funny. I don't know what he's like under fire there, whether he can handle the job or not. But uh, I've been meaning to say this for a while now. You've been playing this clip for the last couple of weeks about Fez's latest weird noise, that weird sound that he made. Yeah. I've listened to that thing so many times. I think that's actually Shelby. I think if you listen to it, especially at the beginning of the sound, it's got Shelby's tone. It's his higher pitch sound, his voice. And when you listen to it in the context of the actual conversation, it's almost like Fez couldn't have said it that fast. It's like almost comes between words. I really think it was a noise that Shelby made that got attributed to Fez. I think if you listen to it, you might agree with me. All right, thanks for the really long explanation. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Um, um. you got to play the whole piece. But no, that's definitely Fez. Yeah, that's... Because I, I need the tenor it. of the voice. I have it. Oh. 
You got it? Is that Norris? Yes, I have it. Look at her on her shit. Put some light on so I can see her in there, too. We're always trying to tell them what to do with the light. Shall we please get the lights? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you find it, Norris? Yes, it's coming up. That's thick. Like you do the office work. Sounds like somebody found himself in a clip fight. Why did he do that out of nowhere? (sighs) Oh, because... All right. He interrupted you speak like he talked he over you. He interrupted you speak. Is what <laughs> Who's the dumb one said. now, asshole? Yeah, that's I'm true. fucking super smart. He made a, <laughs> he, and then he made like a face like he was like fucking got shot, and I like made, and I was like, "What's happening?" And then he got pissed at me because I fucking thought he was overreacting, and then he just got really angry with me, and he was been pissed at me since that day. Play it again, Reese. Coming up. She's good. Take that stick. Fuck you. Do the office work. Um, sounds like somebody found himself in a clip fight. Um, uh-oh. um, uh-oh. um, um, <laughs> um. It's <laughs> great. I always said that that's the sound of frog coming. <laughs> a frog coming right there. Um, there's a picture like a little bubble coming up into the pond. Hey, a lot of stuff happened up on the iBank today, including. A new segment that Jason Steele is uh, running called The Podcast that you absolutely have to listen to. Um, And, uh, well, Vito's on it now. Who did he pick this uh, week, Vito? The Podcast. You absolutely... It's uh, Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. Well, that's a good one. They're great. That's a good one. So it's Jason Steele now... Uh, someone wrote in, are you just going to pick comedians that have followings and that they're famous, or are you going to pick regular people? And I was thinking, just famous comedians. That's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> they're funny. You do a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, I do Yeah, I do a podcast. Dana, do you do a podcast? No. You should be doing one. I should, right? That's the first thing you should be starting. I'm going to go sell one out later. I'm doing one after graduation. Are you really? Yep. Wrestling podcast? One of them is. I, know, I knew you would. <laughs> I knew it would be wrestling. Oh, my God. Do what you can talk about, right? What are you going to call it? Wrestle ring? I don't know. I was thinking um, I was, I was thinking about quoting JR in the name and calling it, like, He's Literally Dead podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I would call if you're doing a wrestling podcast, you want to call it Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that up right now. To see if anyone else has it? Fuck yeah, I'm going to reserve it. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> great podcast. Okay. Uh, someone actually has a podcast called that? <laughs> oh, it would be know. amazing if they did. All the DX <laughs> news you need in 2014. Oh, that's There's a podcast called Oh, yes. You Didn't Know? Yeah, Oh, You that's Didn't Know, episode 20. They got 20 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> interview with Fred Armand. This one they interviewed fucking Shockmaster. They get the big guests too. Can't compete with this guy. He's yeah, a you're, shock in, master. you're in big fucking trouble. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> All right, so Jason Steele is going to be putting that together because you can't keep up with these podcasts because there's literally got to be a million podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's it's so easy to put together a podcast to record and make it sound good. Anyone can throw it together and it's just, if you go to the iTunes, it's just a giant wall of podcasts. It's, oh, is it really? It's fucking nuts. Like in the iTunes podcast section, it's crazy. It just goes on forever. 
how are you supposed to find people? They rank them, and you can search for people. You, you can and they, you can search for people if you know what you're looking for. And how would you find a new one? You're they have, have to like use a- Jason Steele to go through it and filter it. He'll find the good shit. You ought to send any money. You're many pot. How many are you doing now? Three. Yeah, three. What's it called? David Mack Sports Program, oh, High Society Mac. Radio, and The Watchers. David Mack. High Society. What's happening there? You guys getting high? Oh, yeah. We have an idea for a new product that we're trying to get off the ground. What's that? Truffle-infused whiskey. Get, like, a white truffle infused into whiskey. Sell it to fucking people, you know, who like cocktails. But have you ever tried it before? No. That's, that's what we're trying to do first. That's on more like radio.com. And no one better steal that fucking idea because I just said it on the radio. It's my yeah, idea. All right, I'm going to give you one right now because this is an idea that I had. Okay. Now, it's not a new product, but it's new packaging. I think if you take cereal and put it in the same kind of carton that a milk carton's in so that you could just sit and pour out from one area, it would be the best ever. Because you know how, like, when you try to open up a box of cereal, you got all that stuff? It's a train wreck. You're just taking it, it opens like a milk carton, and then you pour Smart. it out. Boom. Sign me up. Go patent it. No, yeah. Right now. Good idea. Can you patent? Yeah, you can patent A milk it. carton that already exists? <laughs> except it's filled with cereal instead of milk? We're just filling it with different things. Can I get my cut now? We ought to do a thing where we'll get serious just to put... Everyone's got ideas, right? We ought to just pick one and then push it out there and walk away on it together. Arvita, you've got to have an idea. <laughs> Not one. Uh, you know what? Uh, let me think about it. I got an idea for business, though. We do okay. businesses? Yeah. I want to do a Japanese food chain like fast food. It would be called Run, Don't Walk. Um, why would you call it that? Run, Don't Walk. Oh, don't walk. Yeah. No, you're going to have like walk, competition. Like walk, W-O-K, run, yeah. don't walk. Ever heard but then of- people be like, they don't have a walk there? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just call it walk like a man? All right, what about, this is for my father, in honor of him, a gym only for handicapped people called Handy Jacked. You're just naming puns. That, that <laughs> sounds Which like a fucking jack spot. makes it a great business idea. That is a porn spot. Right. You should open up right, a what business. What are you calling it? I have another Handy spot? Handy jacked. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand that that's two different phrases for masturbation. You don't get the people together? <laughs> people are going to go there to get jerked no, off, not work they out. they're going to get jacked. You're just using the word in a different jacked off. context. Walk, walk over here. Get your handy jacked. <laughs> Listen, I think I was a little jealous because my ideas are better than your... Whiskey idea. Plus whiskey idea. I think they're both bad. Yeah. You haven't thought of one idea. I have an idea. I'm going to open up an agency where I just have Dana come up with puns. That's (laughs) That's a great idea, too. Here's another one I'm working on. It's a place for kids. Like everyone, kids like to go to water parks, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. First beer slide. (laughs) Where it's like a water slide, but it's all beer. Can I go? Yeah. I'd go to Heartbeat. I'm down. I'll fucking go there. I'll fucking just hang out. I'd rather go to Handy Jack. <laughs> I got a, I got an idea. Handy Jack. You know what? I'm going to open it up Jack. one day. I'm making millions. I bet. You want to put your you're picture You're going to be like, wow, I Jack. laughed at her idea. Now she's making bank. I got one. A real one. Nap houses. What's a nap house? You, just, you go in, you pay like 
thirty bucks for an hour. It's the dumbest fucking and you idea. Take a nap. Why really? would I pay money to take a nap? They have those in the city. They do. Mm-hmm. Oh, so see, people do pay for it. And oh yeah, for homeless people. I'm no, sure. No, for real for like, people, tourists and stuff. Like that, you go in there and you get like a fifteen a twenty. Hostel. No, this is like a fifteen twenty uh, minute nap that you could have. It's just ridiculous. Up like on Fifty Sixth Street, I think. I was going to go up and take a nap one day, but it was like, too expensive. I'm like, fuck you. A new study just came out that napping's bad for your health. Increases fuck death. That. Increases death by a third, like a third, I think. Why would a nap be bad for you? I don't How know, because I nap every day, so I'm scared. What do you scared. mean increased death? Like, death is going to happen anyway. Look it up, com- oh. Mr. Computer Man. Look it up. The right, study just released. Let me ask you this about napping, though. Do you yeah. nap in your clothes, or do you No, because if I sit on the subway and stuff, I put my pajamas back on. So I don't like to lay in my bed with, like, all my clothes I wore That's out. a good fucking thing. It's dirty. Do you when you nap? Do you nap in your clothes? Gross? I nap in my clothes. I find nothing, nothing grosser <laughs> than fucking sleeping in your pants. I it's like these jeans are great. They're comfortable. You sweat? I sweat when I nap. I said to my Babies, girl, though. I said to my girlfriend, I was like, I don't know why I sweat when I nap, and she said, You mean like you do a hundred percent of your days anyway? <laughs> when you just start fucking killing her, and she talks to you like that. Sure he is. does seem like the kind of guy that would just accidentally kill his girlfriend. Oh, sure. That, he fucking covers it up. Yesterday she badly. said something, and I like bopped her in the head. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, not a punch. Like, I, like, I like pushed her a little. Things you don't share. And then she went, do you want to see how hard that is? And she fucking rocked me in the face. Oh. And I felt really bad. Good. I'm like fucking Should. Lenny from His Mice Showed and Men. If I don't realize my... I'm like trying to hug the bunny. You are. Oh. You are. You're just going to end up fucking getting... Killing somebody. All right, that uh, place I think is called Yellow Y E L O. Oh, the nap shit. place. I've heard of that place. I know it's a nap Yellow spot. Spa. Yeah, you heard of some shit, didn't you, Chris? Oh, definitely. John, Oklahoma, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey there, Ron. We got a crisis situation. Um, your girl Kate Upton wants smaller boobs. Good God, stop her, Ron. Um, she's in, she said that she's sick of the attention her giant, giant breasts bring her, and that's, <laughs> that's every horrible. day she wishes for smaller breasts. Did she really say that? Yeah. She's stupid. Well, don't you think everybody bitches about what they fucking have in life? You know what I mean? Girls, especially. So. I wish for smaller breasts. Danny, you were saying that you always wish you had a smaller vagina. <laughs> yes. I just don't I feel anything. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Show his call yes. the LT. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a little nap spot. That's nice. It looks like fucking something from the future. It's nothing yeah. like a brothel. I like to the nap there for 12 hours, though. Give me a TV. I told you. I just said I'm like, it's definitely like a brothel. <laughs> we don't know. They could just be talking really close. Yeah. I got another idea for business. Mm-hmm. Oh, a scratch parlor. People go there. Just how good does it feel to be scratched? Feels really fucking good, right? That sounds like a fucking rub and dump. It's not, no, no <laughs> masturbation. No masturbation. I would be strict, no okay, sex policy. But it's a parlor where you just go to get scratched. Where? See, the thing is, you ever been like <laughs> one of those um, spas where they wash you like in rock salt? No. It's like they take off a fucking layer of skin. It's like hand in stone. Yeah, it's the best fucking scratch you'll ever get. Oh, shit. It's too much. When they're done, they fucking put warm water on you and you're like an infant baby. <laughs> I had to say to myself, there was me down with warm water. I was going like this: Don't piss, even though you're like a baby. Don't start pissing. I always wanted to try the Spa Castle place. 
They have like a hundred different bath. Where like is it? Pools. Jersey? No, it's in Queens. It's in yeah, Queens. That's a place to go get blown. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, fucking. I know plenty of dudes who go there. Yeah, I bet you do. How, how, what do they like about it? Is it like, is it worth it? Should I go? Yeah, go. It'll be a great experience. Uh, what do you think is the number one product that people need now? I say, um, c- cell phone batteries. People need fucking really fucking. Why don't you work on that, Dana? Cell, cell phone, phone battery that never fucking runs out. Yeah, they have the cases that have batteries on them. Yeah, I got one popular. too. Wait, what's this? What? They have cell phone cases. Yeah, that, like, you put in your case and you charge the case. It's like an extra battery. I don't know. I'm holding up my phone. I don't have it. Yeah, I don't know. So it either. fucking it it's, charges yeah. the whole time you're there. Yeah, like no. When you want to charge your phone, you hit a switch. Yeah, and then it charges. And then what do you got to do? Charge the case later? You yeah. charge the case. Yeah. Yeah. You're still charging shit, though. Yeah, but yeah. it's good to have that backup. Like, I have a little... I, a Dwayne Reed, I got a little, like, mini charger that I carry with me everywhere I go. My phone dies, I, like, just plug it in my pocket. Like, I'm on the go. Yeah, but he wants an endless charger. Yeah, like, see, the motherfucker who makes the super battery that lasts, actually lasts the smartphone all day long is going to be the fucking richest man on the planet. My shit was 100% in the morning. was dead by fucking 10.30. It's just, it's the biggest problem I think people have. It's just fucking charging you know, their guy. Texting phone. is the thing that screws it up, too. I feel like I can talk on the phone forever, and then three texts are like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Fucking <laughs> drained. And now everyone texts me. I hate texting. Don't fucking call. I hate texting. Chris is constantly texting. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I have a bad habit of just fucking hanging off a string of like four or five in a row. Yeah. And it's. So much easier to talk on the phone. Just talk, call them. Oh, up. the phone call's almost dead. Yesterday, I get four texts with him with just pictures of cats that he saw that he thought looked like people we know. I was like, this thing <laughs> like, looks. It's Rob Cross. They <laughs> go, that isn't Rob Cross. It's a cat. No, this oh. one looks like Kid Kelly, dude. Check it out. He does. He does that all the time. Oh my god. Do you guys ever do the complete recharge thing that you're supposed to do like once a month? No. Fuck is that? You're supposed to let your phone die. Once a month, like a hundred percent, and then recharge it to a hundred percent. Do that once a day. Yeah, my make it home. My phone just died to one, to a I zero. I usually don't let my phone die. If it gets to one percent, you're I'm not like, supposed to do that. Yeah, I know it's bad, but yeah. I live on the edge, so you do, man. Have you met me? Come on, seriously. You I wear do. black V-necks, right, Chris? He he's <laughs> fucking. Yes. What about V-necks? So we both wear black V-necks. This is like a V, motherfucker. <laughs> you've worn a V. No, but you've been tugging at it all day. It's got a V in itself. <laughs> And plus, I have a giant head that stretches it Seriously, out. Seriously, if I fucking looked at him right now, I'd say the only person I could play him in a movie is Vin Diesel. That's his fucking <laughs> triple X. <laughs> I, I see Vin's not You didn't have him fucking hire. I can't believe that you would pick Joe over him. I'm pretty insulted by you, Chris. I'm insulted by you. Next time you text me about wrestling, I'm not responding. The only thing you like responding. about Joe is you drink with him. I've drank with him before, yeah. That's why you're a bad fucking... Um, person to be in charge, like a, what are you, a supervisor? I'm a super. I would, yeah, technically a supervisor, a mentor. You just haven't drank with me yet. You love it. You're you got to drink with him. Me too. I'm after a fun his internship, time. I'll have I'm a, a great time. cocktail. He's been out there. Like a prostitute said. Yeah, you're, that's like. Hey, okay, you now party, that's sexist. Time. Just because I'm a girl, I'm a great. I'm a guy. I know about sports. I know about just cars. Like I'm cool. I'm not like a typical girl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Tony, what do you know I'm, about cars? What do you want to know? They go what fast. do you know? Where's your expertise? Can you fix a I know car? To, do you know about uh, racing? I know how to drive manual a little bit. Just That's nothing. Just I don't have a license I can fucking drive manual. That's nothing that you're going to have a discussion about. <laughs> <laughs> so, how'd you shift like that, huh? Well, Clutch. I went to the fourth gear. I know about like modding cars, like modifying different cars, like Mustangs and stuff. Like What'd stuff you that you could put on it. Like I, I want to own a Mustang one day because I think they're the ultimate mod car. And I'd put like a body kit on it. And just You've just seen cool. Fast and the Furious. You don't know much about cars. 
Did you learn how to mod cars from Grand Theft Auto? No, my dad. Saints Row Two. He restores cars. Still. Mm, it just gives him something to do. Not anymore. Like old mm. Trans Ams and stuff. And my brother wants like a Z. So. Didn't you say your brother's the one who taught you how to kiss? Yes. Yeah, you had an incestuous <laughs> relationship with him, right? Yes, everyone. What do you call it? Sexless? Incestuous. Oh, incestuous. Yeah. Incestuous. It's gross. People writing in. Um, wait. Here's Tom in Jersey. Go ahead, Tom. God. Uh, is Pep fucked up today? I think he, he said he's a, he's a mentor. Did he mean to say sector? No. Ooh. He's he could he actually told me he's half man half centaur. <laughs> so really, I guess you're two thirds man, <laughs> one third horse. That's what we make it. Yeah, <laughs> half man, half centaur. <laughs> Tom Shaolin, you're on the Run Fed Show. Tom. Uh, yeah, Ronnie. Uh, you know, uh, you said the other day on O and A that. Uh, Fez is beloved, uh, you know, beloved by Wiki and uh, beloved by a lot of us and, and you too. I just, I just hope that uh, everything turns out all right for him and, and I hope that he uh, settled his job problems. I had the same problem with uh, losing weight. I, my blood sugar was up around five, 600 and I almost slipped into a coma. So I know this is a serious thing. Well, here's the thing. I thought he was just fucking lazy, but I guess he was in a coma for a while, a walking coma. Yeah, it's it's dangerous. How Patrice went out, you know. We don't want. That it's really embarrassing to sit down and like they ask the same questions over and over of Fez, right? Yeah. And then he'll come up with things that are just so fucking bizarre. But he knows he's had this ulcer problem, right? Yeah. So when he went in there, they gave him some. He wasn't even having heart problems. They gave him morphine. And he's not like us. He doesn't fucking handle it. Enjoy it. He can't <laughs> handle a Xanax. So Aww. he starts fucking throwing up, and I guess he ripped open his stomach, so he's spitting up some blood. So I'm just like, oh, well, he's had a lot of, uh, what do you call those things in his stomach if you get them? Ulcers, right? He said ulcers. And he's like, oh, and I ate some, like, um, hot chili the other day. <laughs> oh, my go, God. Why yes. the fuck would you do that? Oh, my brother had it, so I just tasted it, and it really burned my stomach bad. Oh, oh my, my god. god! You're like, what the fuck? <sighs> so, remember the other night he went to eat with his brother was in town? Yeah. He apparently ate all the wrong fucking foods. Does he know what the right foods are? He probably had the most acidic things ever. And then he was also telling the doctors that he gets a lot of fucking bad emails because we promised replays and didn't get them. And, there's a, you know, our audience puts the pressure on. They care. Yeah. And our bosses, and God love them for it, but they see every day as, like, it's just fun. We're flying kites. We're eating cotton candy. We don't give a fuck about stuff. And Fez takes it on. He took yeah. this on. And it's it's eating him up inside, literally. It's eating him up inside, <laughs> literally. And it's now literally he, eating him up. And he can't even eat delicious chili. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your biggest concern? That he can't eat. Well, chili it's anymore. a side effect to the fucking badness. Oh, I feel bad for him. Um, he was a uh, course kid. You're on the Ronnie Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie. Uh, remember when uh, Dana said she was really street smart? And you ask her what she meant by it, and she says, I know where all the streets are in New York. <laughs> yeah. I have Google Maps. 
great times. Thank you for bringing up that memory. You're late for your job, too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to head out. Was this some kid smoking weed in the fucking bathroom somewhere you have to bust? How no. about Norris goes over there and runs the goddamn board like a Norris genius? Norris is rocking Smooth. it right now. Yeah. She's got her headphones Thank set you. on. Thank she looks you. like a pro. We're getting ready. Are you almost with that break? I got you. <laughs> I am definitely... I so believe in you. And you can... Uh, well, they're not really allowed to run the board, so they have to be, but they have to be trained in it, right? It's yeah. supervised. Trained, supervised. Yeah. Well, you're doing fantastic. Great job. Thank you. I'm out, everyone. Later. Anyone Bye. out there looking for uh, some employment... No. Yeah, I mean DJ Dana underscore Twitter. <laughs> I need a job. You might not want to use the word DJ Dana when you're going for big jobs. You can't ask if people are looking for employment. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Holy shit. Boy, the hate mail that she gets just by being here. <laughs> sure. She's very hateable. How many times I'm looking at my email, just the word, the C word comes up. Really? And why does Liz hate herself? I don't know. I mean... Fuck it! I never, I would never drop a c word towards Dana. I mean, you she's never dumb. say that about anyone. That's your, that's a phrase that you won't use. I don't like to go that. I don't like to go there. Um, we got a couple guests coming up today. W. Kamal Bell is going to be here in the next hour, Chris. Yeah. Um, and he's playing at the uh, the, the Paris Moon Tower Comedy Club. Um, What's well, the festival? The Moon Tower, the Paris at the Moon Tower, the Parish at the Moon Tower in the month. Tomorrow is at the Sinclair in Boston, and tonight's the Bell House, right? Bell House in Brooklyn. Not on here. That's what I was. Uh, Bell House in Brooklyn. W. Kamau Bell will be tonight. It's not on that page. Who put together this page? Shelbo. Send Shelbo in. Shelbo, come on in. There he says the board. Norris, you fly solo, and I'm going to break without even letting you know it, okay? So be ready. Oh, my God. Because I'm going to give you, and I'm going to warn you this, but I'm going to try to trick you up and give a fast break. Now, do you know what the outcue right, is, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's when I say what? Um. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Vito, you know? We'll be right back. It's the... It's the Ron Ron I knew that. I knew that. Okay. Knew that. So that's what I'm going to tell you to look out for. Shelbo. All right. Today you're having a bad day, right? Yeah, I guess so. And then you don't have all this stuff down for W. Kamau Bell. Yeah, I thought the uh, Bell House was at a earlier. That was uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. Bell that House. It's tonight, tonight, motherfucker. I want you to think to yourself, do I want to be here? I might even do a poll with the listeners. Shelby, keep them or set them free? Stay or go situation. I sure I stay or should I go? What do you want to do, Shelby? I want to stay. You know you Absolutely shit yourself stay. in public today, right? Yes. Running down my leg. And you know, that thing, I would have thought that would have meant a lot to you because you had the same kind of upbringing as Sam. Your parents didn't get along. You were a street kid. AIDS, you know, bet the Apollo, a lot of the same stuff. Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. 
So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? It's always taste, taste, taste. You're happy when I'm on my knees. What do you think? Do we have to do stay or go right now for show? One day is fine, the next is black. Stay. He wants to stay. So Mine go. And I will tell you this, Chris. Well, come on he puts you even more on the bubble. Because you're supposed to... The fact that you don't give a fuck about today and how that fuck up went is a reflection on you. I do give a fuck. No, you wouldn't. Or you wouldn't be like, oh, no, he wants to stay, so he should stay. You should be like, Maz is important to me, and anything that fucks it up, I will destroy like a killer robot from outer space. That's what I need, Vito. A killer robot from outer space. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Honey, you know about going to break, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> I gave you the fastest to run a fast show. I'll do it nice for you, okay? What? So, coming up, it's going to be W. Kamal Bell. Uh, you'll be able to see him tonight at the Bell House, tomorrow, the Sinclair in Boston, and at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Party at the Moon Tower, y'all. He'll be playing the parish. That's one of the big places. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then also, coming up a little later on, and I'm thrilled about this, it's one of my favorite actors in the world, and he's written and directed a movie uh, for him and Woody Allen, John Turturro, is going to be back on the Ron and Fez show. It doesn't get much cooler than John Turturro. No. Leslie brought him up the other day. He's just not cool. He's New York cool. And I really think this is a special little movie that he's made. And I love New York movies. I can't wait to see it. I, I mean, consider a New York movie a genre genre of its own. Alright, so coming up next, W. Kamal Bell. It's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits. Channel 99. W. Kamal Bell is in studio with us uh, tonight. He'll be at the Bell House in Brooklyn, and then Wednesday at the Sinclair in Boston, and then at the Parish at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival the end of this month. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for having me in. It's uh, uh, Well, I'm a fan. I'm a fan oh, of what thank you, you do. I appreciate that. And uh, I assume nobody knows who I am. <laughs> is that right? I just it's live life better that way if you think people are always like, now, who are you again? Because often that happens. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't even going to bring this up to you said this, yeah. but I remember 
I think it was the day after your first show, I was out front here having a smoke, mm-hmm. and you were walking down the street, and I saw one of the guys who like works the carts jump out and grab yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I wonder why I'm sitting there smoking, I was laughing, I'm thinking, I wonder if that's the first TV recognition that, that he had. From the show, I think that, yeah. that was either like the second or third, it was yeah. definitely like early in, and I, I you know, it just, uh, I was still in the middle of like, I got a TV show, and yeah. see, and also, I know in New York, people don't have to say shit to you. <laughs> like they don't. They right. they can be like, "I love that guy," but I'm not talking to him because right. I'm trying to go to work. You know. So. Well, I do it all the time to people where yeah. I'll just be like walking past Christopher Walken. Yeah, 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 cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not wanting to give it up. Yeah, people. Yeah, I know New York doesn't yeah. really want to give it up. So I feel like if somebody does, they really mean it. <laughs> yeah, they're going out. They would just way. assume not talk to you. Uh, and now late night is crazy, right? Yeah, it's. <laughs> it's whole, I mean, it's, it's it's crazy, but it's also settling back to regular. It seems like it is. You yeah. think in what way? I mean, you know, there's all every time. I mean, it was funny to see my name appear in articles, like when Letterman said he was going to retire. I was like, yeah, that's that's likely to happen. Yes, that's yeah. that's. I'm I'm waiting for that phone call. Don't nobody call me. I'm waiting for CBS to call. So you didn't get the call on that. I didn't get. I didn't get. It, I didn't get the call. I didn't but, get the text. But you the, know, there's going to be a. You know, it looks like. Yeah, Col- there's going to be the, the Colbert. Well, the Colbert slot. slot is opening, but then also the show after Letterman. The, oh, is that is that? A, well, it's it was in the Daily News. Uh, well, then you know when you truth. don't move one guy up, yeah, you're like yeah. if you're the backup QB, yeah, yeah, and you don't. But it seemed like they had you really in the pocket with that once a week, yeah. And then they moved you over, and it was every night, but it was a new station. It, I mean, I, it was all I, happened too fast. I kind of think there was sort of. I kind of think they knew that they were. They had that. They, they knew that had that station coming, of course. Yeah. And I kind of think they knew they needed. I think they knew they needed content. And I just became the guy that was like, "Hey, you, you can't make Louis five nights a week. You right. can't make. You know, they didn't have. They don't have a lot of shows they can do that too. And it was me and Russell for a while. And then Russell's like, "I think I want to be a movie star still." And right. This. And uh, which I understand. I just didn't have that option. Right. But uh, and then they. I was the guy who they were going to build the thing on and it just it was a lot to try to you know I understand if you're watching a Mad About You rerun and then my show comes on you're like hey I, this is not what I had in mind right. which is, well, I mean we couldn't follow Mad About You reruns was the problem because <laughs> I, I get it I get it if that's your thing if Paul yeah. Reiser is your cup of tea if Paul Reiser from the 90s is your cup of tea I'm probably not there for well, you well those rerun shows the sitcom shows especially the ones that have that kind of rhythm mm-hmm. are perfect to fall asleep for. yes they are the adult version of a fairy tale Yes. We're like, I know this very well. Oh, Frazier. Here we go yes. again. So Everybody's so confused about what happened. It's all going to yeah. work out, it's though. It's going to work out in 21 minutes with yeah. co- plus commercials. Yeah, so, and so I get it in this, and I was like, ah, George Zimmerman. Uh, what? No, 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 thank you. So now you're on the road. Yes. But once you've had that taste, is that something that you're like, how do I get that again? How do I? I you know, I don't, I mean... If the circumstances reveal themselves, I think I would I would look into it. But it's not there's not that many of those what I found out, I didn't know I was pitching a late night talk show. I thought I was just pitching a show. <laughs> like, right. so, but once it becomes a late night talk show, you're instantly up against all the late night talk shows and I mm-hmm. sort of feel like I, you know, I, I, the circumstances will have to reveal themselves to do that again. But I well, think there's just other things to do. All right, I'm going to I'm going to take um, I'm going to look into the future here because okay. there's right. abilities. Okay, and not only is this going to be done a lot more in late night, 
I think it's going to happen at 6 o'clock at night, well, that's, 8 that's, o'clock at night. That's what has to happen is that we have yeah. to understand that people actually, the time doesn't matter as much anymore. Right. We, I don't know why we couldn't be on. I mean, I get why we're going to be at 8 o'clock, but we could have been on at 7.30. Or 7, I mean, the time, yeah. just get the thing out there. Now, your podcast that you did with Vernon, yeah. uh, who, by the way, to me, Vernon Reed, not only one of the great guitar players of all time, I, but one of the most interesting people yes. I've ever met yes. in yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to pick that up again because the show sort of blew that out of the water. But that could be something that you guys look at pitching almost the way PTI does. Well, no, I think that there's a... We, we, the thing that was hard with the podcast, and we've talked about this recently, we had a big, long talk about it, was that because he was so busy and then the show came up, we couldn't get the schedule. Yeah. So I was like, we're bringing it back, but it's got to be regular. It's got to be... Because that's how you build a thing, is that yeah. people know every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, the thing, you know, it's like this. People know you're here. Right. And so that's just... It's the same thing with the Mad About You thing. I know it's going to be there, and I'll just tune in. Whereas yeah. if you're like, well, it'll be once a month, but then, well, not this month. You know, it's sort of... So we, we're going to bring it back. And podcasting is really have a lot more interest than I think right now than anything else. Well, because you can sit there and structure a show yes, yeah. without the pressure of we're structuring a yes, show. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've seen like I remember when Marin first when what WTF first took off. Yeah, he got a pilot deal with CBS to do a, a Comedy Central version of that, and it was totally different than it was like it didn't even yeah. they shared the name and it didn't go. But Marin doesn't need it now, and and it was just missing. Yeah, if you let the person, the comic will figure it out. The, Any help is not help yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. I but, feel like I should write that one down. Yeah, just do not help. Put that in my bathroom. It's <laughs> yes. one of those good just to read while you're yeah. on the toilet. I see, that's, that's true. the thing. That's of, true. Uh, you know, when I've worked different uh, places before, and everyone goes, hey, the bosses, they're not promoting you. They're not. I'm like, good. <laughs> because when they promote, then they expect something back. Yeah. And they get these ideas. And they're always like, what if you did your show one week out of a helicopter? They always get yeah, ideas, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, that are stunts more yes. than anything else. Yeah. You're like, no, let's just and, do a funny show. Yeah. And I, that's why I feel like, in a, you know, and there was a certain point with Totally Bias where I suddenly realized that because I'd be in meetings and talking to people, I was like, oh, my God, I'm competing with Jimmy Fallon dancing with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I'm not going to have <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, right. that's just not. I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to. And I think we could have gotten to a groove. Like the Daily Show took a while. To, you know, people forget that. Sure. And I'm not trying to compare myself to Stewart. He's a genius. But it took a while to fall into the thing that we all know and love, and for it to become. No other show was like that before. Yeah, and if you go, like we all we all forget that. But if you go back, and I think he's John Stewart's talked about this for like two years yeah. in. Yeah, he was still struggling with yeah. stuff and saying we got people we can we got to get rid of. Yeah, because they're not on the same page and yeah. they're like no no you need that guy i know I, I read that like i was like has he been inside my head <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's just you have because i mean when i got the show it was especially hard for everybody because i was pretty much an unknown commodity unless you were going to spend some time on youtube really like deep, digging in some deep cuts and so the whole staff was like who is this guy and i don't blame him <laughs> like, yeah. yeah i don't blame him and then about right the first six episodes in people were like oh okay, okay yeah. all right and then it, people started to get it but then some people started to be like i i found out later wait i don't agree with any of this <laughs> so that was a whole other thing we had to overcome that you know if i think if we'd been on we would have just sort of the people who didn't want to be a part of it would left we'd got people yeah. excited about it and then you know but i can't be mad at fx or fxx because they also could have just not given me a show at all yeah that was also on the table now was it chris 
is the one who, you know, I know he was a producer on the yeah, show. Yeah, Chris was as deep in it. Is, I mean, people sort of think it might have just been his name. Like when you yeah. see like something that's like Michael Jordan's restaurant. It's not like he was actually, yeah. he showed up the first 13 episodes. I think he, he came to all the tapings and even flew back from like a meeting with Walmart to come to a taping, uh, which when you leave a meeting with Walmart early, you know, see, yeah. shit's real. And, uh, and he, and then he was just, he checked in all the time when the show ended at like, would, you know, end with like 11, 29, the credits would start rolling. I'd get a phone call or a text, you know, with some notes, wow. <laughs> which was not always awesome. But, <laughs> but, you know, he's honest and he, he knows what he wants. And sometimes, and he would also, if we, if we were going to do something he didn't like and it worked, he would tell us that he, we, that, uh, he would give us credit for it. So, well, the thing is there, I mean, you know, this is a stand up. Most stand ups would just like to know that Chris Rock knows who they are. Yes. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. You, you forget sometimes as you get into this, but I'm sure. When you first do, started doing stand-up, if you had just thought, oh, I'll have conversations with Chris Rock, yeah, 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 yeah. That, no. that would have been the dream. I mean, when I met him, uh, the first time I met him, and he told me he thought I was funny, which he said, like, yeah, you're funny. Like, it wasn't like a big deal. <laughs> and people like, I think he was like, you were the best. But now he's like, yeah, that's funny. Uh, he, I was like, maybe one, one day I can open for him. Like, that uh -huh. was all, that's, that's basically every, when you meet a famous comedian, that's basically all you want, is I would like to open for him and be in front of his crowd. And so, uh, but then it very quickly turned into something else. Well, I think... And then um, turned into something else. You know, like you said, it, your show was never going to be... You know, dancing girls and elephants coming out and yeah. cannons going off. We did a little bit of that, but not that's not where our strength was, no. But I, I thought one of the things that I wish the rest of TV would do all the time is the piece that you did with Jim Norton and oh, the yeah. writer. And Lindy West, absolutely. Yeah. That that was the thing that, and I was, I mean, a lot of the shows, a lot of the ideas on the show weren't my idea, and I give a lot of the writer, writers credit whenever I can. I was happy about that because that was my idea. Like, I, And I felt like I've never seen this on TV before. Uh, we're going to have a, a we're going to let them go back and forth. We're going to give them the time to do it. We'll edit it down, and then we'll put the rest up on the Internet and let people really. And that was the first time, like, the media sort of was like, oh, this show. You know, right. I was excited to do more of those things. Well, how did you get the idea of those two people debating together? When it started out, it was because it started out, and uh, I don't want to blow the comic up, but the guy, it was like a story, a blog about this comic in New York who had gotten a woman wrote a blog about him right, doing rape jokes, and she didn't mm -hmm. like it. And he sort of got attention for it and i was like maybe we could bring him on and then it was very clear we don't want to he's he's not new but it was also like a guy you don't want to bring him on and have him get crushed under the weight of television and right. not be able to say what he wants to say so uh or maybe he just didn't want to come but anyway so then once i realized it wasn't going to work that way i was like there's there's only two people i could think who i felt like would be able to hold their line but also be respectful of the other person and not mm -hmm. just devolve into well fuck you you're a dummy right and jim was the the only comic i could think of who i knew he's going to hold his line he's not going to back down if he believes what he believes in but he's also going to be able to have a a funny respectful conversation right. and, and then lindy i knew was like the even though she didn't have a lot of TV experience, which is, I think, the thing that ultimately might have affected her, is that she is the person to talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, to me, it was just like, and it was really, like, it's really a Rorschach test because people who started out agreeing with her thought she won, and people who started out agreeing with him right. thought he won. And I was like, there's not really a winner here. Yeah, there's not so much a winner. The winner is discourse, which yeah. is not something you say in comedy a lot. Yeah. And I love the fact that on both sides, people were able to say, I get why you yeah. would be offended. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is always going to play itself into comedy and always happens. And I feel like the thing that sort of frustrates me about a lot of comics is that 
it's fine for you to use the uh, sharpest knives in the drawer, but then mm. don't be surprised when you cut somebody. Like right. that's all I'm saying. Like you know, the comics who sort of want to be shock comics or dirty, you know, you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're not uh, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> like you're not, right. you, you know. So then, if people get offended, at least go, yeah, that's right, that's what I do. I yeah. offend people. Don't hide behind they're stupid because they're offended. You know, you're talking about rape, right? And yeah. but you know, you could also take that. You know, the the a rape joke comes back to the fear of rape and yeah yeah yeah, that's it. yeah you don't know i mean you don't know what thing you're setting off in somebody's head i mean i'm sh- i'm sure jim gaffigan has been approached by somebody my dad was raped by a hot pocket you know i'm right. sure yeah all different <laughs> levels of that have happened yeah it just doesn't happen as often as it's going to happen with norton or other comics who are really like going there all the time yeah i don't know whether the people who make hot pockets are really happy <laughs> you know like you have to understand yeah, something yeah. we have a business we, here yeah, yeah. i mean mcdonald's has to take more fucking yes. on the chin from comics than anyone but jim gaffigan really made hot pockets famous like he, he really he, did he kind of billy the kidded them he kind of like yeah. yeah i'll kill you and i'll make you famous i don't even know if uh th- i didn't even know if i knew that they existed before his act to tell you the truth i think i knew they existed but i never thought about them and now every time <laughs> i'm gonna start like ah yeah no thank you but we always go through this language thing yeah. you know but what kills me and people never r- realize this about the people who try to be pc or want people to they're doing it from a positive intention mm-hmm. we may disagree with them yeah yeah but we can't say that they're just that they're not saying you know what we want to do is slam language yeah, down yeah. so and f- slam down free thought they're trying to make a uh, protect people on some level they're saying the world is a shitty place right and if we can do anything to make it slightly less shitty let's try to do that i think yeah. that's, I, th- I mean now some people are disingenuous but i think in general when people say people are being politically correct it's like no they're actually recognizing that like there's a lot of things out here that are that are da- have damaged people historically yeah let's try to take some of them off the table or at least in polite conversation. Now, right. anybody who's telling a comedian not to say what they want to say, I'm, I don't agree with that person. Lindy West doesn't agree with that person. But we are saying if you're going to say some things that you know you're like, you're bringing out the sharp knives. This, no, you're bringing out the sharp knives. Right. You yeah. also have to take a certain amount yeah, of responsibility. responsibility. Don't call. Yeah. Don't, somebody's not stupid because they're offended by you. If you're talking about rape, they're just offended by rape. Yeah. And sometimes, like, well, I'll tell you, if you've ever had anything violent happen in your mm-hmm. family, you will be offended by television and yes. movies. Yeah. You know, if you're going through any kind of post-traumatic stress, you're yeah. like, holy shit, does anyone yeah. realize yeah. what yeah. this is like? Yeah. And then when you get past that, you're back to like, oh, I saw this all. Awesome movie, you know. <laughs> but there are times in your life where you don't want to see, yeah, a, a bunch of people shooting machine guns like it's cool. Yeah, and there's times in your life when you also, also, uh, you go, yeah, I used to think that was cool, and I don't, yeah, that you just that you can, yeah, like see, right. Yeah, I've grown out of it. I've now. grown out. Of, I, it was funny. I played. I used to play a lot of Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. and then the new one came out. And I was at a friend's house, and I was like, let me play. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is horrible. Like, right, right. I guess I gotta beat this hooker up if I want to get this fifty dollars, so I can go shoot this. Wait a minute. I think uh, I've done enough of this. I'm right, not. and that and that of course is a choice where it goes too far. Is you're like, I want to stop other people. Yeah, no, from see, having now, that. Growth. I don't have that. You know, you know, just the people. Just the. Uh, I'm not gonna let my three year old daughter play. Right, because I'm strict. Uh, but yeah, just are you the, really strict parent like that? No, I'm not. No. I mean, I'm, well, I'm not gonna let her play Grand Theft Auto at this point. We'll talk about it when the age comes. But, yeah. but no, I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the sucker parent between me and my wife. Are you really? Are you the easy one? I'm the easy one. I'm not stupid, but like I'm just like I'm not like yeah, I don't know, playing traffic, see how it goes. No, I'm just the one who's like, ah, we can have another piece of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> What's the big difference? Ah, um you know, it's funny about that thing when we were talking about people who wanna 
do you know make the world a better, a safer place. Sometimes they don't realize that by stopping one thing, they make an even worse thing yeah. happen. Yes. Like it's hard to understand uh, about what takes place when you try to stop speech and mm-hmm. other opinions from going down. But we've always had a thing, at least I grew up with, communism bad, communism bad, communism bad, without ones ever thinking about the good things that Medicare has done. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, everyone, and and ev- capitalism, ain't, <laughs> right. capitalism ain't that great, too, when it's unchecked, yeah. you know. No, I think that's true, that we have to, you have to, and I think when people get caught up in the freedom of speech thing, people and freedom of expression, that's the government versus people. Right. That's not it, us versus each other. Yeah. I'm allowed to say shut up and you're allowed to say no you shut up that's that's called democracy well here's here's what here's where it gets a little rough though is if somebody was listening today disagree with you Mm -hmm. and then they attack the sponsors of my show yes and that happens on a regular basis no that's that's frightening no that is frightening and i think that you know it's totally frightening and yet that's why glenn beck's off tv right now (laughs) there's a part where i go it's it it sucks that we can't control everything. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, and I and I hope I haven't said anything to get this show canceled because that would be <laughs> a huge story. If I got the show canceled, I mean, it might be known. I might I'd make the front page of Yahoo, yeah. but uh, yeah, and then HuffPo. But no, yeah. But do you think the world is somehow a better place that Glenn Beck doesn't have his show? No, no, no. I just yeah. think that's the power. They just yeah. demonstrated the power of people right. like saying, if everybody focuses on right. one thing and really focuses on it, you can actually make a change. Now, maybe they should have focused on other things. And yeah. maybe, I don't think Glenn Beck is making way more money now than he was before he had that show. But even other than that, I think that the Glenn Becks of the world, you want to know who they are and what they're saying. You know what I mean? There's, uh, you well, know, if you I, pay nine ninety five a month, you can know who yeah, he is and I what know. he's saying. But I mean, even a mass appeal that if you turn on... Uh, any show you're able to say that that's what that person thinks. I think it's much better. I wish everybody said what they thought all the time. That way, you know, you could go into a school and the teacher would say, I think a lot of little, about little boys. I'm not going to do anything, though, but I think about them. And you would be able to say, oh, I get it. Oh, I get I'm it. not going to have my kid here. Exactly. Yeah, but that's the problem. I don't know if that teacher's going to have a full class. If right. he does, we need to talk to those parents. Right. Why but, are you putting your kids in that class? But the world I mean, be- I feel like New York is that thing where a lot of people in New York say what they want to say a yeah. lot of times. And that's why sometimes I go, I don't go outside today because New York is going to tell me what it thinks. And right. <laughs> I think the dad just like to not know. I think the, the best situations I've ever been in in New York is when people come up and join into your conversation yes. unasked. Yes, yes. And th- you'll be sitting there talking about something and a guy will just walk up and tell you that yes. you're wrong. Yes. That some other building used to be here yeah. and you turn around and you go, I'm in a movie now. Yeah. No, New York to me is a place where people start I've had people start conversations with me like they were already in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. Like, I feel like I start, like, anyway, wait a minute, hold on, dude. I don't even, what happened? And then you suddenly right. you're like, why are you telling me about your boat you're trying to sell? I yeah. wasn't even, what are you even talking about boats? I but, always, um, I, I've told this story a couple of times on the air, but it's, it's one of my favorite New York stories. When I first moved here, I'm in this little bo- bodega and I'm standing there and Spike Lee comes walking up with his stuff. And I just think to myself, you know, I've been a fan since the first movie yeah. and I'm thinking there's Spike Lee and a guy goes like this. Hey, Spike, there's a line. And I go that and Spike's like, oh, OK, I didn't say it, you know, yeah. and he goes and stands behind it. And I always thought like that is the perfect <laughs> so, New York yeah, story so New York. ever. And then Spike was like, all right. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy was like, fight the power. Oh, no, I'm not going to fight the line. <laughs> yeah, right. Not in the New York Daily. There's some no. order here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but, even when you say, like, Glenn Beck is off the air, it's not better. It's not like Fox News has an hour of nothing now that Glenn Beck's right. off the air. No, I mean, it's still, yeah. we still know what they're thinking. Yeah, but again, why pick Glenn out of the lineup of It's Him? Every now and again, somebody's got to be the sacrificial lamb on one side or the other. Every now and again, somebody becomes the symbol for, you know, you know on the left, it certainly happens to, and happens on the right, where somebody becomes, okay, that person's a symbol for everything right. that happened to Keith Olbermann. You know, it's the oh, same yeah. thing. It's like every now and again, and it's, I don't think... I, I think that's the you know it's the price you pay for admission you know as a stand up comedian it's the you know if you want to go on stage and say these things and sometimes it's going to bite you in the ass. Do you, does this concern you if you tweet if you do anything because sometimes I think someone just likes when someone else is weakened or hits the floor and then they yeah. can come in and stomp like uh, the Alec Baldwin stuff. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No one I I don't think anyone really believes he's anti gay. You know, yeah, and yet he's being put out there. But that's a classic example of that politically correct thing. It's like if you're not anti-gay, can you just not say those words? Right. <laughs> I think that's that's where people are. That may you may not be anti-gay. You yeah. friends with Rosie O'Donnell, but could you just not say? And so yeah, but I can't imagine being in that position because I certainly feel like in my position that sometimes I'm about to send a tweet. And I go, ah, I probably don't want to do this. You don't want to do it. Yeah, because we're we live in a different world, and I think right now we're as much as we think we're in the future, we're in the past of the next future. We're like right now we're like the cavemen who just discovered fire, and we're just burning ourselves with it. And I think that the next. Like my daughter will be like, oh, they didn't know what they were doing with the internet. They were well, just I, I want to come up with this. Videos. Yeah, I want to come up with this quote, and I can't remember who said it. Might have been Vonnegut, uh, but he said, "The worst censorship is self censorship." Yes, because in that case, yeah. they've already fucking got you by the yeah. balls, and that's the stuff that the Russians did for years. And then even when things opened up, they don't know how to act. You know, they're afraid, you know? Well, I think to me, I, when I'm self-censoring myself on Twitter, it's because it's about I don't want to start a fight that I don't want to have. Right. It's not about like, I certainly talk a lot of shit on Twitter and I certainly have, you know, I've talked a lot of shit about a lot of things that I probably shouldn't talk about. But I'm like, this is a fight I'm prepared to engage in. But sometimes on Twitter, you can end up starting like Baldwin didn't want to fight about. Like homophobic slurs, you know, right. that's not the, he, right. he doesn't want to engage in that, and he sort of got caught up in that. And yeah, he you got know, straight, he, he got, got straight very fast. Yeah, yeah, and it just like to me, it's just like, well, that's not what you want to be talking about. And so I just, for me, it's just like pick your pick the. I'd rather be a target shooter than a. Uh, you're going to be playing the Parish at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival at the end of this month. Moon Tower really, really quickly becoming yeah. one of the top festivals. I, they know what they're doing. I was there the first year, and it has been and it was great, and I'm glad to go back. I like One of the things I like what they do there is that pass where you can go to mm -hmm. different shows. Yeah. That you know, you're just not locked into the shows that you picked. Because that's a great way to see some guy that you don't know yet. No, yeah. and they really know how to curate comedy. They know, they know how to get the people who... Like the the hardcore comedy people, um, and it's also a great town for food Austin and is, hanging yeah, out. Yeah, uh, tonight you're playing the Bell House in Brooklyn, another yeah. really great yes. place. The Sinclair in Boston. So it seems like you're going out of your way to stay out of <laughs> the regular comedy club. That's and I, find that, places. I find that that's where my people like to go. You know, I find that it's just a it's just a. I, there's other all comedy clubs, but it feels more like a unique experience if you're not staring at the at the mugshots of comedians on the wall while it, you're on stage. It just feels it more strange? like a unique thing. I'm not saying comedy clubs are bad, but if yeah. I don't have to look at Jimmy Walker while I'm talking to people about the revolution, <laughs> it just goes better. 
Uh, and then when are you going to start doing your podcast again with Vernon? We're uh, probably in the next month or so. We're just, uh-huh. you know, just getting, he's on tour right now and doing a lot of stuff. So we're just trying to get that back together so we can, we just want it to be regular. We just want it to be like at least once a week. So. Well, he's such like a renaissance man where he's a great guitar player and also like a music historian, but also he's a great producer. No, and he, know, and he knows a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why when I first started, when we first met, which we met over Twitter, I'd been a fan of his since I was... Is that right? Yeah, we. I sent him a tweet, invited him to see me do a show. Uh, and he came, which was, the, you know, because he's a big, he's on Twitter all the time, and which was, I was shocked by it. I mean, he was my hero, so, and then we, we have become friends, and he wrote the theme song, Totally Bias, so. Which is amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, no, the whole, yeah, I mean, you know, so, short of the uh, uh, surprise cancellation, it was a great experience, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Short of the, uh, how do I pay the rent on this apartment that I had, uh, it's a great experience. But do you feel like it was the first step? I mean, it's not the type of thing to drive you back, right? No, 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 it's definitely the, I definitely feel like whatever happens after this, it's going to be off the back of this and you mm-hmm. know i'm not the first comic to have uh you know i mean john stewart we talked about he had yeah. a couple canceled shows before he became the dude so yeah you know. when he did that late night show with um i think it was on mtv yeah, yeah, yeah. and he did it more traditional <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and and here's the thing well you got to do your own show john obviously has done his own show for a long time and when people would say to me hey do you think he's going to be the next letterman i go why would he yeah he's the only guy really doing yeah. the show yeah. that he wants to do yeah which is why people i think were shocked by colbert like at least that- i i don't you know, I mean, I wish him all the best, but the whole thing of dropping the character and yeah. diving into it, and maybe he just feels like it's a once in a lifetime shot. I think I'm it, going yeah. to take it. You know what I think? Because I and I feel like I have this perspective because I had I didn't I had a show similar to that Colbert thing, not similar, but just the show where you have to create all the elements every night. You have to right. you have to sort of and the interview he had to be in character in the interview. That's got to be a lot of work. Oh yeah, and it's not that having a five night a week hour long show is easier, but it probably feel it's not the same weight because you do your you do the monologue up front uh-huh. you do a desk piece and the rest is talking to celebrities and introducing bands and it's just a different level of and you know colbert's 49 years old like it's just like you right. know it's a it's i don't think it's the same i, I don't know him i don't know that you but if to me i was like i bet it feels easier than and having yet, to do colbert every night every time that that rating takes a, the tiniest tick they're going to come in and say you know what the audience isn't finding you likable yeah. make sure you do a cooking segment uh, yeah. stop being yeah. funnier than your guests all this shit that he loves to do yeah and he's going to give up well he, you're going to yeah, give up freedom, the, the freedom no matter who you were he, he must have an idea about it because apparently he went after it so he must I, have i will tell you that and not everybody remembers it but when jay leno was just doing stand-up he was a killer. That's that's I mean, the legend. One of the, and no one believes that. <laughs> le- I, I hear that all the time. I just have to take a lot of people's word for it. I, I saw him uh, in the 80s, and I, I just felt like he came in and bludgeoned the place. Yeah. I mean, and then when I saw him piece by piece just doing his best to be a good TV personality, here you are yeah, saying yeah. today, I can't. Yeah. You know, which, but as much as you sort of, and a yeah. lot of people feel like he gave up his his uh, beast power to do that show, it's not like he's it's not like he's sitting home thinking of himself as a failure. Like he, well, yeah, it is up to you. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like at a certain point, and it's also up to the, your bank account. <laughs> when, yeah. when, you, when you look at that bank account, you go, ah, it's hard to think of myself as a failure. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine being Jay Leno in any way. But but you know what? Let's suppose somebody came here from another planet and they said. We heard about Richard Pryor. We wouldn't show him any of the movies. You know what I mean? You would say, look, you need to see this Mm -hmm. stand-up. So whatever that kind of 
thing that makes you you. And mm-hmm. I know money's great. You know, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm sure. You do, you've I, been talking about a lot of communism today. I just yeah. want to say. You've been I, saying. You said the word communism about four or five times. <laughs> I'm sure having 150 million is better than having 125 million. But there's a lot to be said too for having the that legacy of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? For having that peace. Yeah. Uh, which is just tremendous. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. When you go out and do stand up, um, is this stuff that you write or off stage or do you write on stage i write i mean i have i take ideas on stage and then i write on stage a lot is that right yeah like there's i mean there's a a lot very rarely is a i mean i'll have the beats in my head but it's really a lot of like uh it's on stage is where it happens i mean i think it's just i i don't i don't have a notebook anymore not Mm. i'm not trying to claim i'm jay-z just all off the top (laughs) no i'm just saying like like, (laughs) no no do not say that uh uh no but it's just like i'll take notes a lot of times tweets will start out are premises that i then go on stage and turn into bits is that right yeah that's i mean if you sometimes people like i heard that tweet yeah that's where it's kind of a note-taking service i i see i and especially if a tweet gets a lot of attention you go oh that is a that is a premise. There's yeah. a there's a piece so, in there. That's like a little flare. Yeah, a little yeah, yeah. flare that you yeah. shoot off yeah. to see if there's anything else there. Yeah, like I had one a couple weeks ago. I said uh President Obama said that you, the Ukraine uh, if there's any vi- if, the, if there's any violence on the citizens of the Ukraine, that there will be consequences. And I was like, great. When are you gonna say that shit to Florida? And that was a tweet that people liked. And I was like, ah. Oh, and now it's a bit. Like it's turned yeah. into a bit, well, a much longer bit. Do you consider yourself a political comic? Because a lot of people hang that on you. I think do. I mean, I, I, I think the more they hang it on me, the more I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I just feel like yeah. at one point I felt like, well, I guess if I have to call myself something, it's political comedian. But yeah. I think the more they hang it on me, the more I feel like it starts to put me into a box of like. I, I really, social political to me f- sounds better because I talk mm. about, like, I talk a lot about society and culture issues and things that are, like, in the world. It's not, str- when you say political, it starts to sound like DC politics. And right. this week, John Boehner, and I just don't, I don't really have that level of interest. Whereas for me, it's like, it just so happens that, like, you know, like, uh, being black in America is a political issue. <laughs> like, it's just, I didn't decide that. So since I have opinions about it, suddenly I'm a political comedian. You know? But yeah, when people think political, they do think, you would go work after dinner parties. No, and that's that's why that label. Because then I get invited to do stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna fit the in guy with that you. you want. I mean, I feel like Lewis Black has really done a great job of reinventing a political comedian. Cause yes, he, he has. He is a political comedian, but he also has a lot of stuff that's just about like water bottles and things right. that are like. Because it's like if you're fired up about something and have an opinion, I think that makes you political. And it's funny though, just because you happen to be against some issues don't doesn't mean that you stand shoulder to shoulder with the democratic party no and i think that's true of almost everyone i yeah. know now yeah, yeah that they don't even want to call themselves a Repu- republican or no. A democrat no i think the true the true revolution is just when we get all the cool people together <laughs> like i think that that's forget the i think democrat and republican is obviously Here, be wary of this they're going to get all the cool people together and drop a bomb on them <laughs> yeah. that's all they've ever <laughs> that's, wanted that's, to do. that's all they <laughs> Well, that's why I got to stay. That's why I was on the West Coast for so long to so keep some cool people out there. Yeah, no. So it's uh, you know, I, I I will take that label, but for me, it's like I think I'm just a black guy with opinions. Uh, you're uh, playing uh, tonight at the Bell House in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. really becoming one of the coolest places in the city. We're having a uh, cool people meeting tomorrow. Uh, tonight. Yeah, the cool people tonight. getting together tonight. Then in Boston, the cool people will <laughs> the be cool going people of Boston. To, the, to the Sinclair. Yeah. And then, as always, the only cool people in Texas flood into Austin yes, yes. Uh, around that wall there to protect them. I'll just stand on the streets with a microphone and they'll just gather uh, around. Uh, the parish at the Moon Tower. Thanks so much for stopping in, man. Thanks
Thanks for having me. It's been great. I I've been wanting it. to meet you for a while and come back anytime you want to. Anytime you want me, I'll be here. All right, great. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. It's the Ron Fez Show. Coming up in the next hour, big movie star, big director, John Turturro. That is ridiculously cool. That's ridiculous. I love them in Mr. Deeds. I know that you like Mr. Deeds a lot. You like always Mr. bring up Mr. Deeds. Because I said one day, I go, hey, I'm going to go see a movie. And he goes, says to me, like Mr. Deeds? I'll go, Mr. Deeds is a movie. How do you like our girl on the board today? She is smooth. Hmm. She's a smooth Latina on the board. That's not Maurice, okay, how are you man. feeling? I'm feeling great. Now, during the commercial, I asked both these guys, I said, if you had to be trapped on a desert island, who would you want to be trapped with? Dana or Norris, guess what they said? Vito better say me. They both picked Dana. <laughs> what was your fucked. and both uh, of them? Both of them picked so that, that, that Dana would help build a boat. <laughs> <laughs> she seems handy. Probably. She said she knows Probably. about cars. Yeah, she was talking about car modifications. She knows how to build stuff. <laughs> she doesn't know shit. She doesn't know. She lies about stuff. She's unhirable. She can get a car in a second gear. Maybe. She is unhirable. <laughs> Norris, how do you build a boat? Uh, you get wood. You gotta remember, she's an island girl. She's gonna be climbing up coconut trees. <laughs> She'll make a fire. That's right. She'll be doing all kinds of stuff. And then remember, you guys are stuck in a long night talking with Dana. Uh, it's and more, Chris Stanley. No. <laughs> you no. gonna get her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get her pregnant. All about love. Shelby, you got the balls to come in here and talk with us? Do you know, and Vito backed me up on this during the commercial, I also said to Chris, I said, it's got to be you or Shelby. One of you got to go. Well, what did, he, what did he say there? He backs you, believe it or not. And then Liz Sets Fire tried to send me some shit, and then I wrote back to her, Now she won't, doesn't want any part of it. She has an unhealthy like of uh, Shelby. Liz just dropped a little gossip on me I didn't even know about, too. Oh, no. Oh, she's writing back. Really? Oh, my God. Liz has had some taste for shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> because her and Lily... Remember Lily? Yeah. We're dating the same people, same time. And the both of them didn't even know about it. It's some fucking juicy gossip. Yeah, it is. I don't even know about it. Was oh, that the old gossip song? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's the best over there on the board. I don't get any music when you're running the board. 
All right, let me ask you this. Shelby doesn't have big opinions. But you know how people were, like, really moved by the spiritual talk yeah. that he was doing today? And it was all over the place. There wasn't one spiritual thing. But don't people in real life hate to hear about religious things? Like, wouldn't you be turned off if someone was saying... Only the body of Christ can free you. You know, they would get turned off. If you go by the internet, if you talk about religion, you should have rocks thrown at you. And yet he was talking about spirituality today, and people were choked up. The whole room was was fucking losing it. But in a good way. You were ready to cry. I was... I was just so taken aback by where like this side of Tracy Morgan came from that anything yeah. he said, I was like sitting on the edge of it. Look, he was a mask, all right? Yeah. He, when you see him on TV, he has a mask on. And what I do is unmask that person. You I saw take him. the mask off. I'm doing a news show, and I don't even want to talk about it because it hasn't been approved. But I think you guys are going to like it. It's called Depantsed. <laughs> and the person comes in, I try to get their pants off. Or you call it Crotch Talk. That's gross, Chris. Unpants. Well, they'd want to leave after their pants were ripped off. They don't probably won't be talking no, much. No, not ripped off. D. D pants. They sit down for some crotch talk. <laughs> See? I fucking hate that you do that. Sounds like the mics are pointed at their crotches. No, it's two people talking about crotches. Well, if it's on the radio, you they won't even know that the people have their crotches out. Look how helpful you're doing. You must not be needed right now. I'm telling you, I'm fucking furious with this kid, the way he acted today. You know what you showed today, which I never like to say? Fear. Fear in the face of the enemy. Do you ever see Save a Private uh, fucking Ryan? Hell yeah. Where the one guy fucking just punks out yeah, lets his friend gets killed? God, that killed me. I was like, what are you doing going down those fucking stairs? Go back and watch it. That kid's name is Shelby. <laughs> oh, you cock. He wasn't lost. Got that going for him. Fear's the mind killer. I learned that from Dune. Fear's the what? Mind killer? Yeah, fear's the mind killer. No one should kill a mime. They're quiet. <laughs> mind. Mind killer. There's nothing uh, out there I feel like talking about today. Oh, did you guys take a look at that picture that the guy did? What's his name again, Chris? Oh, that's uh, Dennis Highland. This Dennis Highland might be one of the most talented people that we know. He is awesome. Yeah, he did the uh, picture for the Jim Florentine. Talks about crin- the cringeworthy time he met Dice for the first time. It's it is a hysterical picture, and it's it's like a good picture. No, you know? it's excellent. Well done. And uh, somebody sent that to Dice, and Dice loves it. <laughs> it's a fucking great picture. <laughs> well, you never know with Dice whether he's going to think it's great or he made an enemy for life. But he loved it. He loved the thought of the three of them going out and having fun. That nice shopping day. Yeah, it's Dennis Highland, and he's great. He's great. You did the picture of me for True Detective. That thing was amazing. Uh, he did the Jay Moore ghost one. <laughs> yeah, the ghost, the uh, comic. Yeah, Dennis Highland's the man. Next one I want to say is you and Dana on the same fucking <laughs> island together. I would have to fucking crush her skull with a rock of some sort. Oh, you'd man. have to. <laughs> you'd th- the fucking boat would show up like two days later, and you're like, no, he's the only one who made it here. <laughs> <laughs> Whose blouse is that over there? It's mine. Shut up. I have a feeling like if you were on an island with Norris, the Coast Guard would look harder. <laughs> there would fucking be dudes looking all over the place for her. The NBA would get send help out right planes. away. 
Oh, yeah. Dennis also did the cake horn picture, which was a classic. Just one after another. They're all great. Shelby, did you see our new piece on the uh, the podcast you absolutely have to listen to? Yeah, it's a great piece. There's a great first podcast to pick out. That's one of the ones that you listen to? Yeah, I've listened to it from time to time, and two great comics on it. Had them in. Yeah, we had them in. What's your go-to podcast? My go-to... Because I'm not a podcast listener. Are you, Chris? I know you're on one, but do uh, you download and listen? Here and there. I, I'm not a regular podcast listener, no. But I, I, just, I do podcasts. <laughs> do you feel like you have listeners? Yeah, there's listeners. Uh, go, go one, two, and three. What do you think is your most listened to to your least listened to? Number one, David Mack Sports Program. Number two, High Society Radio. Number three, The Watchers. <clears throat> now, here's what I got. Yeah, I've listened to it from time to time. And two great comics on it. Had him in. Yeah, we had him in. What's your go-to podcast? My go-to. Because I'm not a podcast listener. Are you, Chris? I know you're on one. But do uh, you download and listen? Here and there. I, I'm not a regular podcast listener, no. But I, I, just, I do podcasts. <laughs> do you feel like you have listeners? Yeah, there's listeners. Uh, go, go one, two, and three. What do you think is your most listened to to your least listened to? Number one, David Mack Sports Program. Number two, High Society Radio. Number three, The Watchers. <clears throat> now, here's what I got from David Mack. Yeah. He said over six million people every week are listening to Davy Mack Sports Program. Huge numbers. But The Watchers only gets about 382. <laughs> and most of them don't even stick throughout the show. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. Maybe there's not as many movie lovers out there as sports lovers. Can I tell you who's not the movie lovers? Those other guys that you do the I, show with. They're, they're hard to do the show with, uh, Roy and this, Sean. This is that. Uh, I, I listen to the Watchers, and I'll hear this. Now, this week, we're going to talk about The Godfather. I haven't seen it. I saw <laughs> parts of it. I'm like, how are you guys on the show about The Watchers? You're not watching. It's frustrating. Shelby, I got phones ringing off the fucking hook. You're gonna, you or Vito's got to go in there. You might, you're going to make a decision. Head in there, Vito. Cool. Can I tell you something? Yeah. He's doing something you're afraid to do. What's Take that? command. He's ready to be a junior commander. Everyone assumes Shelby wrote what? Oh, the podcast piece, everyone thought you did. No, 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 no. Nice That's Jason a, Steele. Jason Steele's a fine new writer for the iBank. And Steele's a great last name. Why don't you be Chris Steele? <laughs> Even better, Stanley Steele. <laughs> <laughs> no way I would have been able to write that many paragraphs, too. I mean, come on. Use some clues, people. For some reason, when I see the Stanley Steamer commercials, I feel proud, even though it's I, I, it's so stupid. <laughs> I would laugh at you, but I'm proud that there's a Bennington, Vermont, a Bennington flag, and I have been to Bennington, Vermont, and took pictures standing in front of stuff. Sure, it's fucking like the great. Bennington Library. I'll just be standing there. What about Flat Stanley? You in on that? Do you know something? What's Flat That's Stanley? one of the things I used to tease him about. You never heard of Flat Stanley? Flat I did Stanley? this before for my niece. Uh, it's this thing 
kindergarten kids will have it. And it's this little cutout named Stanley. And then the kid in the kindergarten will mail it away to his furthest relative, right? And then that person will take him around town and have the pictures taken. Oh. So when my niece sent it to me, I went over and... Uh, like had a picture of the Statue of Liberty. Nice. I took it to Sesame Street. I took it to the Today Show, you know, Times Square. You know, and you just have a picture, like flat stand. And like all the kids are like, oh, he's having fun. <laughs> this is great. So then the next time, somebody will send them to San Francisco. All right. So it's like Stanley takes all these things and the teacher teaches them about oh, it. Oh, it goes all over the place. Now, here's what I did for my niece, though. Then I... I found that she had something like 18 kids in. So I bought 18 I Heart New York shirts that you can buy in Times Square. Oh, shit. All in little kid sizes. So I sent them back down with this thing so all the kids could put it on. But here's the weird thing. It was just after 9-11. So the mothers were all waiting outside. And all the kids come out wearing those things. <laughs> and then it was Niagara Falls, Frankie oh, Angel. Oh, my God. The teacher said all the mothers were crying. The teachers were crying. Oh my god! Just the entire class yeah. of kids just decked and then out. The, the fucking teacher wrote back, does like this? You ever see like a teacher have like good handwriting and shit, like a kindergarten teacher? <laughs> and they talked to everyone like they're in kindergarten, yeah. And they were like, "What you had done for these children?" And the expenses were too much. Now I wrote back, I go, "Wait, I thought you were paying for those shirts." <laughs> we'll be hearing from my lawyer. Teacher's coming off as a cheapskate. You think this is supposed to fucking come out of my fucking thing? Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna go down that way. Uh, look who it is. I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's a blowhard. Brooklyn. Yo, brother Ronnie B. Big up. Big ups, Brooklyn. Um, first of all, Fez Watley, get better, get on the air, God damn it. We need him, we miss him, we love him. I just wanted to thank you, first of all, for the incredible interview you did with Dave Clark. And I watched the documentary, and I didn't expect much. It knocked me off my socks, man. That documentary was probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's a really, really oh good Oh, my one. God. That, it was just footage after footage. It's like, where did they get all this stuff? And it, it was just amazing. Music, music. And the eclectic mix of fans, interviewing Gene Simmons to Whoopi Goldberg to later on when he did the, that, that, that show in London with Laurence Olivier. I mean, I've never seen any. This is the best documentary to me since Woodstock. It was really good. Um, I had never seen the band play before, you know? So you got these guys in the early 60s that were really fucking having a great time. The whole You're like, movie, they were players. It was amazing, that the thing. The whole movies mixed in with the professional videos. Yeah. And then the studio, and then playing live, and it was just, if you haven't seen it, I mean, this is a documentary that you have to see, because I, you know, it brought back a lot of memories for me, because I remember my older sister having all the 45s and me defacing them, and I remember all the songs on the radio, but the way they did it was just, you don't even see him during, he's just doing the narration and just going from footage and you see old New York, old L.A., uh, yeah. the old studio. It was fascinating. And I just want to thank you for turning me on to it because I didn't go into it with a lot of, ah, Dave Clark 5, it's another documentary. I know. And I'm like, well, hey. I heard from Ken Shane. He said that Dave, since he owned the stuff, he held on to him too tightly and has kind of fucked up the legacy 
of the band by not, you know, putting, putting it, out, it there. out there more and yeah, more. Yeah, they never more, got like the, most uh, of the. They never got the um, the fame that when you talk British Invasion, you mentioned this to him, I believe. People talk Yardbirds, uh, Who, and the Animals, but when you see those like fifty thousand people at the airport. They were number two in sales, too, behind the Beatles, more than the Stones. And they liked each other. And more than the Kinks. Yeah, they liked each other. And then when he went on and he started writing that, that play, Yeah, I'd love to see that play with Freddie Mercury being so candid. Well, this didn't come up. I didn't want to say it. But he was with Freddie Mercury when Freddie Mercury passed away. I couldn't believe that. That was when Freddie was singing. Yeah. That was beautiful. What a, yeah, it was what a nice. voice! So, like, yeah, I just want to say thanks. It made my night. Thanks, I, blowhard. I, I wanted to turn it off. I'm used to I, you bitching, but to hear something nice. Nah, out I gotta be that's wonderful. Now I'm, okay, I'm back in your good graces, uh, Justin. You're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, first I want to say I missed the blowhard song. Fucking blowhard, right? Yeah, but, I missed uh, that too, but. Yeah, uh, can we get a W. Kamal Bell to replace uh, Fez? We can just chant Fez is black now. You know what? We don't know what kind of condition Fez is. He's going to have some kind of endoscopy done. Is he one of the know what that is? is that? I don't know. I don't, I don't think anything with scopy at the end. I think they good. run a hose down, look into your guts. That's nasty. And then go through your. Stick it all the way through your ass, like your ass pipe. I'm mean, gonna have to use a technical term now, <laughs> ass hose. <laughs> what if I, it, I thought it was gonna go through the other hole, not the ass butt, but the dick <laughs> hole. No, you don't get a fucking. There's nothing wrong. His dick has barely been used. His dick is pristine <laughs> shape. It's like a baby's dick. All he's ever done with it yet is run a little bit of water through it. <laughs> that thing you can. It's like a whistle. <laughs> It's like, if it had a hold at the top, you could fucking call it. Like, if you blew him fucking Fez's dick, dogs would come. Still has it's like that, a dog whistle. Still has that new dick smell. It does. That thing is fresh. There's still a sticker on the bottom of it. <laughs> they, so nice, you can, like, peel off all that dealer plastic off of yeah. it. It's great. Yeah, stop talking about his dick, Shelby. I mean, for a while, yeah... And now you're pulling plastic off of it. This is the most he's talked about Fez since Fez has been gone. He's been talking about his cock. This is what fucking Shelby likes to do. Take a topic and just hammer it to fucking pieces. Shelby, you son of a bitch. I'm going to give you one thing to talk about today. Yes. Go ahead. You just. I'm going to let you pick. Look at his eyeballs. His eyeballs bug like I fucking asked him to do something for me. <laughs> you can't even look at him. He's supposed to be... You're supposed to be the colonel... And he's supposed to be the private. And you know what I see when I look at you? What's that? Two fucking lieutenants. <laughs> no, he he's is like, not a lieutenant. You've taken some of your stripes and given it to him. <laughs> Shelby's a panicker. You used to be fucking branded. He's trying to look through the internets now. I got it. Sick. You know how much no, shit's on the internet? you lost your fucking chance. It's all about timing. It's like if you just saw three fucking strikes and then you go like this to the umpire. I'm ready to bat now. Forget those three. Look at my girl over there, fucking running that board like... Yep. And look at her. She is as comfortable as she just hijacked the fucking plane. I'm so excited. I'm doing great here. I like it. They're at Bitter Creek. And they say he ran away. Brandon. Brandon. Scorn the one who ran. What do you do when you're branded? 
And you know you're a man. Won't they make a movie out of Brandon? I'm sure it's coming. Anything that's been a property in, on television or movies will just be rebooted. What's working against it is it wasn't a comic book. Um, here's my buddy Austin. Austin, what's up? What's up, Ronnie? How's everything? Good. Um, Shelby, you better nut up and find some confidence, bro. Come on, man. Nut also, up, uh, Shelby. Put your fucking nuts up there. Nut up, then nut off. Also, I know why no one listens to the Watchers. Plenty of people listen to the Watchers. It's like that quote that Chris Stanley's famous for about how independent uh, films have a lot more vision than other visionary movies. It's like listening to that for 30 minutes straight. Uh, Chris, why do, you, why do you prefer independent film over Hollywood films? I feel that you get different sort of visions in an in, independent film that maybe that's more interesting than in a giant blockbuster. All right, there you heard it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You get different visions in an independent film than you do in a giant blockbuster. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> you were fucking laughing so hard. You know what? I mean, that was a fucking Tracy Morgan answer. <laughs> but look, catch more of that in the watchers. Just search for it on iTunes. What it's a great podcast? What movies are you talking about this week? Uh, we're Fight cutting- Club again. <laughs> we're doing this the watchers week next week. It's our eighth fucking edition of Fight Club. Talk. Oh, we've talked about Fight Club once or twice. Last time I heard. You were surprised that it was the same dude. <laughs> Are you saying he was Tyler Durden? Bullshit! I, I got to watch this more closely next time. Why would you call your podcast? It's just, there's no visual element to it. The watches. Yeah, it's, it's the watches. Audible, we watch things. It's the audible listening experience. Yeah, well, we're the watchers. We watch things and talk about them. It's the watchers. Watch, you watch, you watch. They call you the watchers. <laughs> and there's some watch talk, actual watch talk. Well, set your watch for 8 o'clock tonight <laughs> for the watchers. We'll be watching on podcast. Remember, it's what a watch. Last, what was the last movie you guys talked about from the watchers? I think the, the last thing we talked about, that was uh, it was a post- it was Philip Seymour Hoffman was we were talking about in post Oscar stuff. What do you do it through fucking once a quarter? Once a month. Once a month. Do it's coming the, up. Do you see the trailer for his uh, last movie out? It's very sad to me. You don't understand. I'm not like you. I fucking have feelings, Shelby. Shelby, you got the feelings of the little kid in AI. <laughs> if he was lucky. That's too much. He was a wreck compared to me. <laughs> There's only one emotion you have, Shelby, and that's fear. Is disdain an emotion? Or... Disdain for yourself? Yes. Do you really hate yourself? Yeah. Why would you bother hating yourself when you know I already hate you? <laughs> Just double down. That's my fucking thing. <laughs> like, you know, negative times a negative makes a positive. Um, for Shelby, I have hate. For Chris, I would say I have confusion. It's not hate. I'll take it. Vito, uh, just pure humor. I can't look at Vito and A, not feel happy, and then uh, just go, look what he's doing. Like, I hate to say it, but Vito, to me, I look at like I look at a toddler. Like, whatever they do is funny. He's having a good time. If I hear Vito even talk about wrestling, it makes me laugh. 
Like who his favorite wrestlers are. I can't wait for this fucking podcast of his. Oh, you didn't know. Oh, Two. you didn't know? I thought I gave him a good name. It is a good name. You should just fucking take it from those assholes. I got to come up with a good name for a podcast now. All right, I got Don't it. Rip Sm- people off, Chris. Mine's going to be Smodcast. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Damn. I can't come up with anything today. <laughs> how about... Um, how about it's just like uh, we just talked about Outcast and it's the Out podcast. <laughs> We've done two of them. I don't know what else to say. I could do a fishing one called Codcast. I'd listen. Or I'll just call it Comcast. <laughs> Stuff that's on TV tonight. I'll just call it the Stay at Home Watchers. Oh, tonight's Fargo. Oh, shit. I need you motherfuckers to get right on it because I got to discuss it with you on a daily basis. 10 p.m. FX. Yeah. I'm there. I'm fucking there. I'm going to be fucking locked in. I need something now that I haven't still haven't watched this series finale of True Detective. That seems stupid. True, what? Me. I don't even remember what that is. Anymore. I can't wait no. to watch it. First he brings up Brandon. No, True Detective. <laughs> I was the one who brought up Brandon. Norris played the song. I didn't yes, know she I was did. a fan. Oh, yeah. That, Norris played that? Nice. Now you should play the theme from Fargo. I love this song to um, this uh, John Turturro movie. Uh, Fading Gigolo comes out this Friday in New York City and Los Angeles and the rest of the country. Wait! <laughs> uh, go to FadingGigolo-Movie.com. Woody Allen in it is great, but it's just this sweet little film uh, about New York. And he's a different kind of a filmmaker. I've just, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll go out of my way to meet John Turturro on a film. You know what I mean? Oh sure. John- like with his vision, it's not a regular type movie. How can you not like trust a guy that's just loved by like Spike Lee and the Coen Brothers? And if you look at his like work, it's just a ridiculously long list of great movie after great movie. What was the first thing you remember seeing him? Because I remember what I did. A little film. And you want to grab the theme of this because it's great. A little film called To Live and Die in L.A. And he was like a fucking, such a fucking creep in that movie. And then he showed fear in his eyes. Shelby level fear. When he's like, they're sitting in the fucking thing and he's like, hey, somebody's going to get whacked. Somebody's going to get killed. He's in the fucking jailhouse. He goes like this. Is it me? Am I being whacked? And it was so fucking scary, the fear he had in his eyes. You ever see this movie? Will no. Defoe? No, I haven't. You're in for a fucking treat, dude. This is an 80s fucking masterpiece. Here's little Wang Chung. Remember seeing him in. Do the right thing. He was so fucking great in that. 
He was amazing. I was like, I was like real, I was like little kid, and like his racism weirded me out the first time. Makes me feel kind of good. Used to racism growing up in the story? No, I, I wasn't actually. Like my when my dad would get the liquor in him, he'd start dropping m bombs. But he mostly didn't like Jewish people. But black people, he was like surprisingly cool. <laughs> How about Tutorial and Miller's Crossing? Oh my god. Look into your hearts! Look into your hearts! I bet he gets that yelled at him all the time. I would have fucking shot him right in the head. Gabriel How about this one? Out. Don't fuck with the Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. He, only he could play a pederast and get I'll away with it. Fucking take that gun up, stick it up your ass until it goes click. All right, Shelby, be part of the Junior Watchers. What's your fucking... Because we're like a club based on the Watchers, <laughs> and we call ourselves the Junior Watchers. Well, I... All Totoro, all the time. Mine was, oh, brother, where art thou? And I saw that, like, pretty young, and then I, you know, saw a lot of his films after that. Yeah, he's fucking brilliant. Yeah. That's a fucking great movie, too. I watched that and I think, is this the best fucking Coen Brothers? I know. You can watch, mul you, you know, you can watch so many of them. And he's in most of them, giving fucking great performances. Fucking Barton Fink. Barton Fink is genius. I want that Barton Fink feel. Are you playing Jesus' song? Yeah, I'm playing the Jesus' song. This is better than the American version of Hotel California. The American version. English. English. Eagles. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. And one of those guys is just fucking wiping the balls <laughs> next to each other. They're really getting every time. Every time. Every time. I'm going to give you a fucking genius movie of John Turturro that you can watch him in this movie over and over again and hate him and feel sorry for him at the same time. And that's Quiz Show. Oh, shit. Fucking genius. I feel like it's almost like a forgotten film Quiz Show. He steals it. Did you ever see a movie called Grace of My Heart? No. He basically plays Phil Spector, but they don't call it Phil Spector. That's cool. And he's amazing in it. It's actually a good little film. It's always on TV. I'll try and bring it up with him. But I love that fucking movie. And then your favorite movie is Transformers. He's great as the, you know, the, the fucking rogue agent. He gets those, tra you know, he gets the Transformers to fight the Decepticons. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. I've never really seen it. <laughs> He's great in it. I think I saw the first one. He's in three of them. Him and Shia LaBeouf just go back and forth. Don't get much better. Gets uh, a lot better. I mean, not then Tenturo, but LaBeouf. It actually was great in that Bronx is Burning TV series where he played Billy Martin. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I didn't that. see that coming. <laughs> I didn't think he'd be able to pull that off. Um, but he did. Hey, look at this. My friend Janice. Hi, Ronnie. 
you. Yeah. Um, I want to say first, have a great Easter. And Chris, that means your Lent thing's almost up. <laughs> right. It's been a tough fucking is, Lent. Is it Easter this weekend? 420. Yeah. Palm Sunday was Sunday. Damn. I wasn't I paying You're attention. 420, yo. Treating him like a rock star, and now we're getting ready to torture and murder him. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm actually relieved to hear Fezzi's in the hospital. It scares me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was touch and go. Fuck. And, uh, by the way, how's little uh, Birdie? Birdie's on top. Birdie's all excited about this being Easter. You know? <laughs> Is really, she a really boy excited. or a girl? Little girl. Oh. Little girl loves uh, people. Not crazy about Yay. dogs. Really? Doesn't like dogs. Nothing's cooling. All right, uh, we've got um, we've got to really get ready to break here because I got to find out when John Turturro's coming in, and when he comes in, don't fucking embarrass me, you guys. I'm not. Shelby, <laughs> I'm gonna be cool. Trust me. I want you to be so fucking cool. I want you to be New York cool. All right. I think I can pull it off. I'm from New York. I don't want you Queens. When I say New York, no. you know what I mean, Manhattan. Oh, I'm sure Queens is included. It's a borough. The five boroughs. Manhattan is one. So you're saying Staten Island is part of New York now? Technically. That's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> but da 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 Casey, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, uh, Ronnie, I got a Saturday for you. Uh, Janice from Chicago or Norisa in turn. Uh, Janice. Uh, 866 runs <laughs> Should I struggle with that a little more? Look, uh, Norisa's never gotten me a carton of cigarettes. It's Janice's the Saturday. I agree. It is Janice. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Well, self worth. Your last smoke in a pack or Shelby? What's the fucking Saturday? Last smoke in the fuck. Last smoke. I was ready to smoke that motherfucker today. Mm. Now, these are Marlboros or any a different brand? It's my brand. Actually, any brand. It could be a fucking Benson and Hedges. I'd fucking feel sadder. You still make those? Yeah. What is Benson and Hedges about? Just a shit old school cigarette. <laughs> that I, I saw someone buy a pack of the other day. Is that the one that you got the black guy for or something? I'm not sure. Somebody used to have a fucking great thing. They used to show these commercials. Guys with black eyes and their thing was I'd rather fight than switch. <laughs> so they'd rather get punched in the face than try another cigarette. Honestly, a cigarette's a cigarette. It's, yeah. it's, there's two. There's menthol or not menthol. That's it. But if it was a Capri cigarette, those ones they put in the uh, oh, like a lipstick tube. Those are coming back. I was fucking downtown in Lower East Side over the weekend and nothing but women smoking Capri cigarettes. Like, young women smoking Capri cigarettes. I was... This, this shouldn't be happening. This is an old woman smoke. I like, um... I like to see women smoking, though. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a very sexy look. I actually like to see women smoking pot as well. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't like to hear women talking about pot. That annoys me. But I like to see them smoking pot. Yeah, well, you don't want to hear about Hetty Nugs? <laughs> no. I like to see a fucking woman roll up a bill and fucking go down on that plate, too. <laughs> Just fucking hit it. Or how sexy a woman look when she's tying off. Did I go too far in this? <laughs> Start to fucking get everyone down a little bit? I mean, you know, it's, People there's... might be concerned at that point. I like cutters. I like to see a girl take a razor blade, be so mad at herself, she rubs it on her thigh until she feels better. Well, it's the only way she, she can feel. 
That's sad. Focus all that fucking pain to that inner thigh. I hurt myself today. Oh, Johnny. Is any such thing as a boy cutter? I can't I just imagine. Fucking Shelby going home from this fucking show, <laughs> being so mad on himself, he just takes a razor blade and he's nicking his little balls with it. Why didn't I try to get out there and do something? I never understood the cutters. Like, okay, now I've sat in and got blood all over my sheets here. <laughs> they said it makes them feel better. Like Chris was on right about that. Yeah, because they they they're folk like they they feel so down and shitty that. They only way they know how to feel better is to focus all that into something they can manage, like healing a cut. Hence them cutting. Ken, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron, can you speak to if Fez has been re-signed or not? I can't speak about that at all right now. Right now, it's all about his health. Got it. Also, fuck Shelby. Oh yeah, that goes without saying. Bob, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. John Turturro, really, really good in uh, the remake of The Taking of Pelham 123. And he was also in Rounders. He played Worm in Rounders. Really he good. was great. Yeah. What have I become? You know, you just got to be out there pushing it, you know? Don't go too big. <laughs> he was slow and steady. Everyone I know goes away in the air. Jeff. You're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, Ron, that was tearing cigarettes. I'd rather fight this bitch. Jeff, you're going to the big-ass prize closet getting yourself a nice prize. Hey, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Because you're 100% correct. Time in New York. You're on the Run and Fez show. Bennington. Ron Bennington. You ever see John Tatora in his first film, Five Quarters? Oh, my God. all this fucking time. And you owe me 20 grand. After all this time. He's back. What are you writing down? I got that number. Maybe we'll call it later. You don't realize it doesn't matter. He fucking beat you at your own game. You know, that was his first call over here. Yeah. We've never had to put up with that fucking creep. And today he calls. He's a piece of shit. For 13 years, he's been the great white whale. The only listener we've ever wanted to harpoon. We should drag up on the deck, split open. Fucking... Drag out the blubber and turn it into perfume. I even forgot his fucking name. What do we call him? Radio Shark. What a piece of garbage. What a piece of fucking human garbage. Jay Tampa. Jay, go ahead. Hey, a million bucks is always wrong. Amen. I think uh, that guy's name from Private Ryan was Umpum, and I think that's a perfect description of Shelby. Shelby fucking Umpum. Fucking Umpum. He's a cross between him and Fredo. He is. He fucking Fredo today. I fucking see him. He's supposed to be doing Fez's job. He runs out, fucking spills his oranges, and drops his fucking gun. 
I'm not stupid like they think, but smart. You're really not. Smart. You know where you fucked up? You should have Mikey D in here watching my back. He was in The Godfather. It's impressive. You, on the other hand, I fucking wonder about Shelby. Now, let me ask you this. You could go to a desert island with Shelby and Norice. Be totally honest here. Yeah. Which one would you take? Go with Norice. Not fucking having Shelby anywhere near me. I'd take Shelby. Why's that? Because after I'm done fucking them, then I can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to get much nourishment. Don't that. fucking worry about what I get. I'm going to fucking feed you pigeons till you're nice and stuffed. <laughs> Suck the fucking marrow out of his bones. Bone marrow, bone marrow. Shit's good. Shelby, how are you going to make up your fucking panic for today? How are you going to get back on the good foot? I'm going to not fuck up, that's for sure. Anymore. <laughs> I can't believe you had friends when you were younger. What, you did? Nerd table? No. You seem like a nerd table guy. I was usually just hanging out with everybody. You know? Yeah, I would say that. Jumping the around. Was, uh, that means there was no yeah. one there. I just have a feeling the guys at your table used to get the chocolate milk slapped off the fucking thing while they're still drinking it. All right, we got a break here. Don't fucking say anything in front of John Turturro, though. Oh, shut it up. Are you on point today, sweetie? I think I'm ready. You remember your out cue? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I remember it. Are you ready to say it with me? Me? Yeah, because we're going to be right back with... Um, the director of Fading Gigolo that comes out this Friday, April 18th in New York and Los Angeles. Go to FadingGigolo-Movie.com. The great John Turturro is going to be with us. And you're listening to The Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Oh, that song, by the way, is just amazing. Uh, amazing in the film. John Turturro is in studio with us and Fading Gigolo comes out this Friday, uh, April 18th in New York City and Los Angeles. Great to see you, my friend. Thank you. That's, that's Gene Ammons, that song. That's, that, my, that's one of my favorite saxophonists. It's really, really terrific. It sets that tone. There's so many things... Uh, in this film that sets the tone, the way that you shoot it is just actually beautiful. 
And that music is stunning. Well, you know, I wrote a lot of the script to uh, this particular album, Boss Tenor. Mm -hmm. And I think it, that's Ray Barreto on, uh, on the congas. And it was a great uh, quintet that, that he put together. And I've I'm, I'm been a huge Gene Hammonds fan. I use one of his songs in Romance and Cigarettes. And we wound up using four of his songs. There's only seven songs on the album <laughs> in the movie. Uh, and then some of the other music I used, uh, Trombone Shorty, uh, the famous uh, European singer Dali Da, uh, uh, I used a Neapolitan song to Sina Cosa Grande. I used Dean Martin, Sway. Many of the songs I was writing the script to. But certainly all the Gene Ammond tracks, I was always typing to it. Isn't that interesting, though? Like I said, the tone is already there, but it was there even before you shot. That's right. I played know? some of that music on the set sometimes. You That's know, so great. Yeah, sometimes when people were walking or the camera was, you know, panning down a building, so people could get into the spirit of, uh, of the film that that I that I created it to. Well, it works so perfect, and you didn't even know at the time that you could get that music. I guess no, right. No, yeah. I I know what how difficult it is. Yeah, but I I thought well this is the music, and I didn't even really put it to picture yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But. I, it was part of the DNA of the movie already, and I worked with this great guy, Chris Robertson, and he, you know, worked really diligently on, you know, clearing the publishing and and the performance. And you know, you have to you have to pay for it within a certain budget that you had. Mm -hmm. But I I prefer sometimes to use use music in a contrapuntal way, not to kind of you know reiterate what you're seeing, yeah. but almost to give you the maybe the opposite of it. But like Canadian Sunset, what I like about it is you feel like there's there's a forward movement to it yeah. and there's like you know life goes on mm -hmm. and we all have to kind of reinvent ourselves as life goes on yeah and it always gives you the, the feeling that you get it's like a better day in new york city you that's know what i it, mean man. that's it um and i was watching this uh film with some friends and we said uh you got this film loves new york and this film loves women and you don't normally get to see a male written and directed film that loves women i think today well i i love women yeah i'm interested in them i i think you know maybe that starts when you're a little kid and you know you have a mom and stuff like that and if you're able to see her as as a person mm -hmm. or and, and as a woman and not just your mother and i think i was able I was always interested in my mother and her, her girlfriends, you know, talking about the problems in their lives yeah. and stuff like that. And and so much of our lives, you know, women are the the, the dominant figure. But, sure. But but when we see representations of reality on television and, or on movies, there it's always really like a, it's a twenty five year old girl and right. all these guys with big muscles saving the world, and it really has like nothing to do with the world and it doesn't really help you also think about well what it, what's it like to actually you know have a relationship with someone you know and how difficult that is and how miraculous it is to have a relationship that even survives and i think the movie even though it's i would say it's a human comedy it really kind of deals with in a in a in a very subtle way uh you know all of our needs for human intimacy sure that that never that never ceases
until yeah. we're not here anymore. And sometimes we use that as sex, but the fact of the matter is we're just looking for that connection. That's right. And particularly with a lot of guys, we think it, it must be sex. That's right. But it's really just connection. That's right. It's sex is part of that. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not always the holy grail. You right. Know? And I think you learn that kind of young. And when you're a young person, there's sometimes there's, it's, it's sometimes getting somewhere. The getting there is what's the most enjoyable. And also, sometimes, and I have a scene where Sophia Vergara and Sharon Stone talk about the guy, and sometimes it's more fun to share what happened with your friend right. than what even really happened mm-hmm. sometimes. Sure. Because your friend doesn't know it, and they're like living vicariously mm-hmm. through you, and you're getting a big charge out of giving them a charge. You know, yeah, exactly. I, so I, I, that kind of amuses me, you know. No, it's true. And a lot of times you'll give your friends better lines than they had. You'll tell a story. Yeah. And you're like, you make it gonna, better. You're going to up it a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's part of storytelling. And yeah. then they, they tell someone else the story, and all of a sudden it comes back to you, and it becomes this little mythological encounter that you had, you yeah. know. And, uh, uh, and I think that that, that, that makes life you know, worth living. Yeah. And I think you have that in this film where it's somewhat of a fairy tale in a lot of ways. Um, It's a way to look, you you look at this thing, and of course, these things never exactly happen to you, but they remind you, they reflect back into your own life. What you want to have is something that can resonate Mm -hmm. with other people. You could say, yeah, I get that. The woman's a religious woman, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, but there could be another, she could represent almost any religion. Right. You know, she's like a woman with all these kids, but she's never actually ever been courted. That's yeah. the character that Vanessa Paradis plays. And, you know, this this occurs in life because sometimes in certain religions, the women are just given. Mm-hmm. They don't even know the guy. Uh, and that used to happen a lot more often, you know, I- I- in society than it right. does now. And sometimes even when it's not forced, we do it to ourselves. You know, a woman will hit a certain way, oh, I should be married, or I should be a career person. A lot of times we, you know, it's almost that thing, we put ourselves on a track because we think they're supposed to be. And there's so many scenes, particularly your character, there's a confidence in him of living moment to moment. Yeah, he's like a not an ambitious guy. Yeah. You got it right on the head. He's He lives like in the moment. He He really enjoys women, he's comfortable with women, but he's never committed, maybe because something happened in his past, maybe his father left, so he doesn't maybe believe in the longevity of something, but he lives, that's how he lives. And I think there are people who do live that way, Mm -hmm. and they know how to listen to other people, and they know how to give pleasure to other people. And sometimes they can be quite lonely, too, in their own way. But uh, I thought it would be interesting you know, to have a guy who's competent physically and confident but he's not cocky he's not thinking right. about why well, i gotta get to home base yeah you know he's thinking well whatever happens is okay you know and if more happens that's okay too you know yeah he's very self-sufficient that's um, right he handles himself in the kitchen with flowers he right. can, he's a plumber and all and that kind of craftsman type confidence is almost missing today if you notice in a lot of people absolutely because people you know delegate everything and yeah. everything is done you know you know you bring someone in to fix something and i think that that does give you a confidence you know if your car breaks down and you actually know a little bit about an engine you can look at it you can diagnose it and i have friends like that that i have a friend he can almost build anything mm-hmm. and when you watch him do it 
you know, it's there's something very attractive about it. Oh, like, absolutely. Wow. You know, it's it's it, there's a there's a competence there, and he's never trying to sell you on it. Right. He can just do it. Yeah. You know, and and that's something that's, you know, that's a big part of life. You know, because there comes a, t- t- you know, time in your house where you have to be able to make something or clean up or you know, uh, you know, fix something, and it, it doesn't hurt. To, to understand uh, other things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also that thing gives you the entire like seasons to life. You know, this is the time to do this. This is the time to do that. That's right. And then you're, and then you're, uh, and I guess filmmaking can be the same way. You're writing it, then you're casting it. You can't be too ahead of the game. No. Yet you have to know where the game is. You have to know where it is. You're designing it. You know, you're picking the color scheme. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're working together. You're trying to get everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Sure. You know, because if you have a color scheme and the production designer wants to do one way and the costume another, it can clash. So, you know, once you select things, it becomes more of a world. It's like going into a painting or a storybook, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of films that you remember has that kind of unified, it's unified right. in its uh, attack uh, and presentation. And you kind of go into it and you remember the color. I mean, you, know, you look at a film like The Godfather, you remember the first shot of it, the darkness of right. it all. And it kind of just you know, brought you in. And you didn't see everything. And that was the whole idea. And I think color... And composition, you know, it's it's it, it adds to the emotional storytelling. Uh, and you keep your character pretty still. Yeah, well, I'm ap- I'm acting opposite of Woody. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, Woody's more of the he's the talker, and he's yeah. kind of the taciturn guy. He's like the the cowboy guy or the samurai right. guy, and Woody's like the bartender. You know, if it was a Western, he'd be the bartender yeah. guy, you know what I mean? And that's great, like, to see Woody in that, because it really brings out his old-school Brooklyn. Oh, you yeah. You know I mean? He's oh, yeah. the He's the Brooklyn guy who never went into film and comedy, you yeah. know? That's right. I mean, imagine if Woody didn't do that. So yeah. you would see him. I mean, he's, you know, he's terrific in the film, because, you know, he he knows the milieu. You know, I mm-hmm. gave him a baseball bat and a, and a ball to pitch to the great. kids. And he was like, he was in seventh heaven. He yeah. loves baseball. He loved he's showing the kids how to play, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, he's a really he's a tough guy in his own way, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to take it back to the women again. And this doesn't always happen in film is that they're all defined as characters. There, so many times I watch a movie now and the dialogue could seem to go to any of the characters. Right. They're two dimensional. Everyone gets jokes instead of uh of you know real character pieces but these women are really defined i I tried you know i based some characters on people that i knew and then from various research that Mm -hmm. i had done and i have lots of friends who you know who are women who i talk to and sometimes i give them the draft of the script take some you know some notes from them uh woody obviously gave me encouraged me to develop it in a nuanced way i mean he himself became interested in women once he worked with diane keaton sure and uh he said you know the more the more uh, complex they are the better it is you know for the film so uh yeah i like comedy that's behavioral mm-hmm. I, I do uh and i like you know writers that you know kind of shows you the the comic and the tender or the comic dramatic side of life you know that it's both yeah. uh uh so I, I that that was my intention also there's just so many great shots i mean the 
the shots in the Lexington uh, candy shop. Yeah, well, uh, that's which, the luncheonette. It's like yeah. on Lexington, and I think it's 82nd or something. Yeah, yeah it's up in the 80s. It's right. been there forever. That's right. And it's perfect. That's a perfect place. That's right. Uh, you actually even have the guy behind the counter is the real guy. He's making, yeah, he's making yeah. the egg cream. That's and, right, John. Yeah, and you're, like, you think to yourself, that really exists, and it's one of the reasons that people love New York City. Oh, my God. Know? I mean, you know, candy stores or luncheonettes, I mean, mm -hmm. that's where you get to know someone. If right. you run out of money, you know, you read the paper, you talk about politics, sports, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, that makes... That, those kind of establishments really, I think, you know, made the city or any city, you know, gives it its 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 character and right. its color. And then, you know, if those things go away and it's just all generic and it's all yeah. a brand, you know, you don't go into Starbucks to to hang out. A hundred percent. You know, correct. Staples. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Barnes and Nobles. You're not going to be. I'm not going to say, hey, yeah. what have you been reading? What can you recommend? You know, yeah. what I mean, I have a. It's. It becomes everything becomes less personal. It's so true, and I didn't even realize it until you said it. But I go into that place, and I never see anyone with a laptop out sitting there doing their own thing. There no. at the counter, there's no. conversation. No. You go into a Starbucks, and everyone is together but separate. They're all separate. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's something. Yeah, there's progress in the world, and there's loss in the world too. Mm -hmm. And I think then you see all these, you know, younger people, and they, you know, I see them sometimes at a farmer's market. They're dressed up as like Woody Guthrie or something. You know, yeah. playing old music and you're going okay now there's this artisanal crafts movement the slow cooking it's like yeah well this yeah. this is the way things were yeah and you know you need a balance of that a little bit and i think you know we live in a capitalist society i'm not you know socialist or a communist but sometimes when it, they flatten everything out Sure. You know, it, it was like I used to go to all these revival houses in New York City. That's how I learned about like old movies and foreign movies, because I would go to these Bleecker Street cinema. I could see a double feature. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I would say, all right, well, I never seen this Kurosawa film. Let me check it out. I, you know, and, and it opened my mind up to a lot of different things. And now it's very hard. And you would have that uh, experience with a group of people. Yes. Maybe it was a very specific group of people. Yeah. But, you know, I really enjoyed that. And it didn't seem like it was only a city, you know, for the rich. But with rents and everything, it's really pushed a lot of that stuff out. And I think, so that's to be, you know, whenever there are those places, I frequent them. Yeah. I go to them, I support them. That's all you I can enjoy do, them. Right. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's it. And I, and I made it, and I tried to put a little of that in the movie. Well, what you have in the movie, too, about... These people, through their interactions, are helping to move each other on in life. That's right. So there's healing that takes place, even though it's not a traditional love story. That's right. You know, these are temporary uh, arcs of love. That's right. But are incredibly important to each of these people. I, I think those things enrich your life. And if you yeah. have that, you can apply it to another situation, to another person. You know, you become, you know, you you have something that was that opened you up or sensitized you to something, and you say, okay, I couldn't be with this person, but I know what that is now. Yeah, and I know how that feels, and I can, uh, you know, apply that. Yeah, and I'm not going to settle for less. You know. I love that. I love that concept. And we don't normally talk that way. You know, I mean, we act like if some things are finite, then they didn't work out. Right. Well, life is not, you know, 
Infinite. Eternal, infinite. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to be able to appreciate that. And sometimes it's all of our instincts to kind of say, no, I got to have it. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes by giving it away, you can, you know, really expand too. It, you know, maybe a little painful or whatever, but, you know, you've, you've had something and, that, and that's to be valued. It's really non-traditional storytelling, though, that interests you, right? I mean, not I, in the you know, not I don't in the like Hollywood the same. Sense. You know, the Hollywood sense is, you know, sometimes I see movies, I feel like they've been done a hundred times, right. or movies that are so arc, arc, arch, yeah. you know, that you go, okay, I get it, but it doesn't really, it doesn't have anything to do with me. I, you know, I'd like to see something that's not about me, but that at least resonates with mm-hmm. me on some. And it could be about something I know nothing about. So uh, there are, you know, great films over the years and great books I've read that definitely, you know, uh, turn me on and inspire me. And and I think people, you know, if you can get people in to these things, uh, you know, people want that, too. And you'll see every once in a while some. Everyone goes to something, right? And it's not one of these big, giant, muscular, you know, attacks of films. And the, it can be something that could be really gentle, and that could be really powerful, and really, you know, it could also be funny too. You know, well, the the people that you worked with early on in your career, and still work with people like the Coen Brothers and Spike, um, they almost had to slug it out every film for many years yeah. to get that audience in. That's right. But then even other films that you've done, I've always go back. There's so many of your films that stay on cable. You know, like Quiz Show pops up all the time. Grace in My Heart is another one. Yeah, I like that, doing Grace in My Heart. It was such a, a great little film um, completely non-traditional, and I don't know what the audience was when it first came out. Yeah, I think it was okay. It wasn't wasn't a big a big audience. But there are movies that sometimes later on people keep watching. Box right. of Moonlight, I did. You know, people will say, "Oh, I really loved that film." And uh, sometimes films have very long yeah. lives. I mean, movie. Take a movie like The Sweet Smell of Success. It was a complete commercial failure I in didn't 1957 know that. it was a complete and critically savaged too and now it's considered a classic film mm-hmm. and you can watch it many times and see Burt Lancaster say you know Sydney you're a cookie full of austin <laughs> i'd hate to take a bite out of you you know what i mean <laughs> you know yeah. uh, and uh you know it was quoted in diner and sure. so so this is, you know, how things go. Is you, 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 you want to make something that hopefully will last. Yeah, too. And you do seem to have a shelf life to so many of the, the films that you've been involved with. I think you know people. You know, it, you know, if something, if it's a film that has a content, you know, when I did Mac, mm-hmm. you know, the film did well and it did better in certain. I won some awards and everything, but it didn't get this huge audience, basically, because a lot of the audience was the people who were just beginning to order HBO right. for that audience. If it would have been HBO, actually wanted to give me money for it originally, uh, but. That audience doesn't go to the movies right away, but over the years, people have seen that movie and they go, "Wow, you know, that, that really means a lot to me." I made a movie about builders. Right. A lot of families, you know, come from that background, you know. And uh, does every movie have to be about, you know, one or two professions, you know? Right. So, uh, but it was hard. It was hard. It was hard to do that here. 
but I'm really happy that I was able to do that. Well, Fading Gigolo comes out Friday, April 18th in select theaters um, in New York City and Los Angeles. And it is one of those New York films. I mean, it has Woody Allen in it, and you could place it in with his films. Is John Turturro's in it. You could place it in with the John Turturro films. One of those great New York films. It's so uh, terrific to have you stop by Thank today, Thank you man. so much for having me. I'll see you next time. Coming okay, through. pleasure. Tutorial. So cool. It's really cool. Have you ever been to a Lexington candy shop? No, I haven't. I'm going to take you. You know what we'll do? We'll meet before the show one day up there. That sounds cool. I'll take you up because their breakfast is out of this world. There's a cinnamon French toast that's uh, killer. Actually, their eggs uh, sandwiches are great. It's a really great lunch place as well, though. Good egg creams, great shakes, great burgers. I haven't had an egg cream in a long time. I could use one. You seem like you could use one. <laughs> I love egg creams. You seem like the kind of guy that would hang out in front of an old-fashioned uh, New York candy shop, too. Great place to eat, though. All right, so this movie uh, opens in New York City and uh, Los Angeles this weekend. Fading Gigolo. Woody Allen is an actor in this film. Uh, directed, written, everything by John Turturro. I love the story of he listened to the soundtrack while he wrote. My friend Leslie just met him the other day, too. Well, now we met him. Well, it's yeah. the second time. Well, it's the second time we met him. I and, you know, it's been time. years from... Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's been years. Like, we were on 57th Street, and he remembered. He brought it up to me. He seems like the kind of guy you should be hanging around with all the time, you know? Definitely. Instead of running around with you and Shelby. What? I gotta get out of that fucking... Look, me and you and Turtle can go to the Lexington Candy Shop. It'll be fine. Fucking people go crazy for the three of us. <laughs> you know, there's a picture of Cousin Brucey in the Lexington Candy Shop. Oh. Yeah. And he just goes, love it, cuz. And send me home some pickles and jelly. Hell yeah. I never heard of pickles and jelly together, Bill. Am I? I feel like there's a. That's a kind of like a maybe a Jewish thing, like pickles, like pickle foods. I don't like, but here's the thing: <laughs> I don't like racism. I'm not. I'm not being racist. I mean, it is Passover, right? But some Jewish food is jellied. 
But he's at pickles and jelly. Yeah, but also pickles. Jewish people like pickles as well. All people like pickles. Yeah, I'm just saying especially. Well, I feel like, again, with the racism, when you're acting like some people, you know, like and other people don't. I don't mean to come off racist. You call them pickle eaters when we're off the air. You know something? It makes me sick. Why are you sitting in that seat? Get Norice back on there. It's Norice Day. You come in here, Shelby, because I want her to end the show herself. God damn it. She wanted to learn to run the board. She said Chris hasn't been training her. And I'm going to tell you this. If that was a pilot's license, I'd certify her today. You're doing great, Norris. I'm back. She's going to need to log more hours in the air. I'm going to say this. I think she's moved into number two intern of all time. Nice. Yeah, Who's that's, number one? That's silver, huh? Who's number one? <laughs> it's Molly. Oh. And where does Vito stand? Vito is is even in the top 100. <laughs> All right, look, it, it, it goes, the worst ever is hands bananas, and then popcorn and then Vito. <laughs> I got news for you. You're down there, too. When you're an intern, you're a bad one. Oh, no, I was fucking strong as you're an You're afraid to come into the room. Got over that. Aww. It took you a year. And then you just come in and hand me bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned that room fucking like that. I know, but now why don't you teach that room like that? Norice is ready to go. I'm ready. I used to call you Little Earl for the first oh, year, Chris. Oh, my God. So, how come you're petrified when you're on the board and she's fine? She's, you can keep the mic on, you know, when she's in there. So, if you're not running, you know. I don't know, she's just a better... Producer, I guess. What the fuck are you She's saying? A better producer. What? In every way. You want out? No. I mean, when someone comes in telling me that the intern is better than them, then I want to give the intern the gig. That's the way I am. And that's the way John Turturro is. Who's now like one of my best friends. That's awesome. He fucking jumped up real quick. What's that? And the best friends? Yeah. Yeah, Fez used to be, but he's sick. <laughs> Somebody ran in, stop the shit. If you were really serious about Fez being sick, uh, you'd be calling Dr. Steve. No, A, I wouldn't. <laughs> B, Steve checked in with me last night. And all we know is, when I need a hospice doctor, that'll be the end of the road. Then other people said, how come you didn't bring this up last week? It was He wasn't sick last week. He got sick yesterday. It's so weird. This thing, that it's his fucking stomach, is putting him down? It's the sugar diabetes, which sets off an ulcer, which created that giant weight loss that he's had without trying to lose weight. But the thing is, like, instead of being, like, the tsunami, like, when the wave goes out, you know, instead of being alarmed, he's everyone's just like, Fez, you look great. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? It's like... What you're saying to him is, hey, you look like you're getting ready for a bypass. <laughs> Wasting away the there, huh? Because he doesn't mean if he was doing something to lose weight, <laughs> yeah. then it would be great. But when you're eating, you're the same that you always ate. And you're not. Apparently, it's a danger sign, which the doctor tried to bring up. He does snack a lot in the evenings. Does he? Constantly snacking. I mean, he probably practically farms that whole vending machine up there. 
<laughs> and then he's not alarmed that he's losing weight while he's doing that. Pounding candy. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Lo- he loves some- this fucking candy that's in there. It's like it's like fruit candy or some shit. Fruit snacks. <laughs> it's a fruit snack, and that's I'm sure pumped full of sugar. Yeah, he's not supposed to. His sugar was fucking. They said ridiculous. They couldn't get to a place. We just, just gotta not let him have sugar anymore. I don't know. What are you gonna do? Watch over him? He's the watcher. Well, one of four. True. One of four watchers. You run down two of the watchers. And say, they make the it hard sometimes fucking do the show. One of them said he had never heard the name Jack Nicholson before in his <laughs> life. Is that a mechanic? A satanic mechanic. Although, the, I have to admit, with Fez being gone, it's really put the spotlight on Shelbo. The Shelbinator. Uh, check out this podcast thing. You're already giving this column two thumbs up, huh, Shelby? If I had more thumbs, I would give him more thumbs. You really love this column. Yes, yeah, a great feature. Who would be the next that you would pick for Jason Steele? Could uh, take a look at the Crab Feast. They're just on Pete Holmes' show. Two guys. Never heard of them. Have you, Chris? Crab Feast? I think they're on uh, Jay Moore's podcast network. They were. Oh. And then what happened? They jumped somewhere else. And now oh. they're on like Bill Burr's, which he's doing something where like the comics can get have more control, like get probably paid a little more. I think. Well, yeah. What control do you not have on a podcast? Seems like you should have one hundred percent control. No PDs in the podcast. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I'd like to be the first PD of a podcast. <laughs> I'll tell one of the podcasting networks to hire me so I can come in and teach those guys how to hate their jobs. This mic should be on the dining room table, not on the kitchen table, you guys. <laughs> Get it together here. Oh, and the other thing is to take a look at that uh, the picture that got put up there. The illustration. Oh, by Dennis Highlands for, on the... Uh the post for Florentine telling the story about uh, the time he met Dice. It's hysterical. It's a really great picture. Dennis is incredibly <laughs> talented. I think there's a weird thing about the Ron and Fez listeners have an incredible amount of talent, and then the people on the air do not. Isn't that stunning when you think about it? Look, I can't draw shit. The best I can do is a happy face smoking a cigarette. Um, did you get a book from me from Angela Bowie? No, that's arrived? No, that should have came in the mail? No, I have not. I can send Vito up to check the mail to see if it's come in today. Um, I am... She said she sent it. It should be there. I'm going to put you on this. Okay. But you have to remember something. This is the woman who came up with the haircut. She basically invented androgyny and rock and roll. She must be treated with respect. Of course. She's written a book called Pop Sex. She's Angie. I'm going to hunt it down. I'm going to fucking go to that mailroom and lose my shit. Yeah, you find it. I'm going to send you this thing. Okay. And then you're going to write back to her. If you can't find it, 
as my producer and act like you fucking know what you're normally doing. Okay. okay. All right. We'll do. Lie. No, no, no. Lie like there's no tomorrow. I want to get something to go with, with me, her, John Tutoro, and talk about future projects. Hmm. I like to have a future project. It's exciting, you know, like uh, you see an IMD pa IMDb page and yeah. it's just like question marks like that new project will be like an italics like, oh, what's, what's going on with this? What do you think is going on with you? Another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, you try to do your own version of Crab Feast. They eat crabs on every show. I'm going to call. They do, where do they do this? Out of Maryland? Chesapeake Bay? I'm calling a lobster fucking shack. And I bet you would not be first with that. <laughs> <clears throat> It's probably up there with, oh, you didn't know. Completely used already. <laughs> Look up the Lobster Shack podcast. Put your fucking fisherman in a boat. They started that restaurant, Joe's Crab Shack, and they probably already have some sort of podcast. Hmm. I might be doing one with Norese called Dominican Virgin. <laughs> That's going to fucking do well, I think. It's going to sound like that Virgin Air is now flying to the Dominican. <laughs> I think we're ready to wrap this one up, kids. Um, somebody wants to ask a question about Bronx Johnny. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> Why didn't that work, Chris? What happened to that line? It was odd, huh? just fucking seemed like it put us into a, a place of madness. Yeah. Technical difficulties. I'll talk with the engineers after the show. What are the engineers? I'm gonna fucking run their shit. I'm gonna fucking go down there. I'm gonna fucking tear up that shop they call the shop back there. I'm gonna do that. Then I'm gonna go down to the mail room and I'm just gonna start opening other people's you fucking find packages. It? I'm, just, I'm gonna start opening packages in there. I don't care who is addressed to it until I find it. And whatever I find, I'm gonna keep also if I like it. You just remind me of a great scene from Fargo. But I think the second one. All right. Tonight you'll be watching the first one. Watch that shit close, because we will be discussing. Tomorrow. Okay. Who's in my Fargo club? I'm in the Fargo club. I'm in big time. No, he's not. He came in second. Norris Fargo club? You want to watch white people commit crimes? <laughs> sure. Vito, Fargo club, yes or no? Are you in the Fargo club? I'm in. Okay. Right now I'm president of the club. I'm going to make Norris... Uh, secretary. Yes. Russ, you guys are members in training. <sighs> Can I be a treasurer at least? I'm making Vito treasurer. <laughs> Bullshit! You can't trust him with money. What do you mean you can't trust me with money? I'm a bartender. What do you do with money? That's right. He's just on he, drugs. He just fucking dropped 300 bucks on a bouncy castle. Don't insult. Cool. That's a surprise, and you know it. <laughs> with that Titanic one that they. Bring out at kids' parties. Bring it to the Fargo, uh, first Fargo meeting. I'll um, send you guys pictures from my fucking party this Saturday. Okay, everybody, so now let's bounce. <laughs> you know it was a surprise, Chris. I didn't know it was a surprise. We literally I want to thank my best it. friend, John Totoro, for being here today. I'll just say, uh, Johnny T, I love you, bro. And I'll be seeing your movie again this weekend, Fading Gigolo. If you live in New York or Los Angeles, everyone else, wait until we tell you what to do. W. Kamal Bell, very, very funny man. 
Uh, where's he at tonight? He's playing the Bell House in Brooklyn tonight. Named after himself. And then tomorrow at the Sinclair in Boston. And he'll be at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival at the end of the month at the Parish. Party at the Moon Tower, y'all. That's it for us. We're out. Peace. And that's the end of my show. Donk. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.